Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Lot of Succession. I'm your host, Lou Ryan. Here I am joined by my co-host, Spencer. Spencer, how are you? Surprisingly fucking energized after hearing a Logan speech. Wasn't expecting that. Logan gets you fired. You know, you probably, you work in a law firm, you probably hear similar toned speech from time to time. It seems like the type of speech you might hear in that environment. Reassure you, I have never had a law firm initiative end with "you all are fucking pirates." Might pirates in a law in a legal field. It was it was interesting seeing that we we saw multiple types of, uh, multiple sides of Logan that we normally don't see this episode. We did contrite, inspiring public speaking Logan, which we've talked before. That like of all of the things that a CEO has to regularly do, we felt like Logan's public speaking might be the the thing he struggles with the most. So he got to do that this episode, which was interesting. I don't know. It was a, it was a big episode, lot, lot going on. We can kind of see where the plot's going. I think a little bit going into the season. Um, yeah. So you got to, you got to see the Logan speech. How did you feel about the quality episode though? Did you feel comfortable? Did you like it? I thought it was a, a very good episode. I thought it had some, for, for a few, a couple of the actors, some of the finest acting they've done on the show. I mean, Alan Ruck in terms of Connor, I thought he knocked it out of the park with some of the, the speeches yeah. that he delivered in this episode. Sibling interactions were top of the game and just getting to see a little bit more, like you said, about where the season is going and just the effect of just years of abuse, neglect, lack of love is having on these people in differing ways. It's just fascinating. That's, that's the thing I can say about the show. It's a show about vile people where I'm not always sure exactly what is happening. But it is spellbinding in terms of watching it play out. Yeah, I think that like my my reaction to episode one was, man, this is starting to feel a little succession-y. Mm-hmm. It is still very succession-y. It's some reused plot elements, the Pierce deal, the kids fighting the, the Logan, Logan trying mm-hmm. to get the kids to just settle the fuck down for five seconds so he can accomplish <laughs> whatever luck. he's trying to accomplish. Um but I found myself more entertained this episode than I was last episode. Well, one thing I think that's helping this season already is just last season it was good, but we commented at the time that it felt meandering. It felt like it wasn't. It was rehashing some things. It wasn't moving things forward that quickly. It almost seemed like it was meditating on things that it had already done. By comparison, this season is sprinting. Things are getting done quick. Big things are happening. Disasters are rapidly looming on the horizon. This is a world with a lot more activity than we've seen in at least a year. I would agree with that. Uh, it does feel like when they took a time jump between seasons that things have happened and they're filling in the backstory that the characters are acting like some time uh, passed. And I also think that like we're getting a few actors in the series mm-hmm. who have gotten so embedded in the role that like they've almost gotten better over time. Like I think that Brian, strangely enough, Brian Cox, I think is is the best he's ever been. Sarah Snook is the best she's ever been. Mm-hmm. All, Alan are, Ruck, you mentioned him the, really the, good. I think, I think that a few of the actors are, are even hitting a stride. That's kind of a different, they've always been good. It's always been a great cast, but kind of on a different level. Mm-hmm. No, I, I, I very much agree with that. The only one I'm a little bit less certain about is possibly Kendall, but because they're just playing him so differently now, but even, even what little moments he gets with otherwise a rather suppressed range or manic moments, like the little smile he does in the car, man, that actor can just do a lot, which is little bits of little gestures like that. So, yeah, he's extremely good. Yeah, so a lot going on in Succession, a lot going on in the Makeup Sauce Podcast Network. If you're listening to this podcast, you probably like hearing me and Spencer talk about television. If you like that, you can check out The Lasso Lowdown, where Spencer and I review every week, every episode in detail, in much the same format that we do this uh, and on this podcast, we review Ted Lasso over on the Apple Plus podcast or Apple Plus network. Uh, we also are doing a Mangum 
Talk Star Wars uh, review of Mandalorian. So that's over on the Mangum Talk Star Wars podcast feed. We're reviewing the Mandalorian episode by episode. This is season three of Mandalorian. That's me and Jamie doing that one. Spencer jumped in at the beginning, the middle, and he will be back at the end. So the latest mm-hmm. episode we just released had Spencer in it. So if you like hearing Spencer Gap, go over to the Mangum Talks podcast network uh, over uh, to the podcast feed, Mangum Talk Star Wars, and subscribe to that. We have Mandalorian coverage galore, and we're also doing Ted Lasso. But the issue at hand today is Succession. It's reviewing season four, episode two of Succession. Did you get the title of the episode, Spencer? Rehearsal. Rehearsal. There you go. I mean, that's kind of, that's right. They, they don't often, there's times they don't work necessarily that hard in the titles for these episodes. Yeah. So a lot of fun, a lot of fun doing a lot of different pods right now. You can go to mangumtalks.com to check out every, if you follow that was a little much to, to take in here at the beginning of the episode, you can just go to mangumtalks.com. It has everything that we're doing right now. Please subscribe, rate, review to all our stuff. We really appreciate all the feedback, all the listens, all the time you guys uh, spend supporting us and engaging with us. All that's a lot of fun. So let's jump into a line of succession. This podcast today, we're going to do the recap. I'll leave the recap every week. I got to tell you. Heroic. Does not get easier for the recap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ted, Ted Lasso already takes me enough. I don't. I don't know if I want to know how long it takes you to recap these in terms of preparing your notes. Clocked it today. It was three hours and 15 minutes to do the notes. Commitment. Commitment. Uh, so I'll do the recap and then we'll go into best line of the episode. We'll do Roy of the episode, uh, which will be a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. then we can do Spencer's relationship advice of the episode, which is also a lot of fun. I get to hear Spencer look at the family dynamics of the Roy family. Very normal, standard American family. Very healthy. Oh, of course. Spencer yes. can look at the dynamics of that can put it through his his supercomputer brain mm-hmm. and he will mm-hmm. spit out some really great, really solid relationship advice of the episode. I'm looking forward to that. That is one account of what's about to happen, yes. So let's jump in the recap. We start with the previously on. The previously on, it gets one of my favorite lines from Logan, which is, I'm 100 feet tall. These people are pygmies. I'm going to use, I, I promise you I'm going to figure Find out a way to context. use that in my life, that I can use that. Uh, the rival bidder is the kids. Pierce bid of ten billion. Congratulations on saying the biggest number, you moron! I felt mm-hmm. like by getting the number of the Pierce bid, and by telling us the line from Logan, congratulations on saying the biggest number, you moron! It was calling back to the fact the kids probably overpaid for Pierce, right? Or at least the deal, the bid they put in was too high. I guess the deal hasn't finished yet. It, it, it gives us our last thought, rather than their smiles, rather than their celebration. It's Lo- it's Logan's condemnation, which. Given what we see this episode is an important starting point for us. Since you don't want to talk about what happened, I don't think so, Tom. That shift, Tom. And then we cut into the episode. Cut to Logan walking out the door. Start. I guess this is this is an episode that occurs over the period of one day. Yeah, very yeah. much so. One day episodes. We start with Logan walking out the door. Carrie telling him, it's going well. Everything's good. Hey, how you doing? And he's like, why is everybody asking me how I'm doing? Like grumpy Logan, right? Right from the start. Carrie has, seems to have a very good rapport with him when he snaps and goes, she's just smiling, just laughing right along with him. Mm-hmm. He tells them to cut the chopper, says he's going to ATN, surprise visit, happy Christmas, you clock watching fucks. So he's talking to the ATN employees there in his mind. Yeah, we didn't know what the chopper meant at that time, but in retrospect, his line about, you know, cut the chopper, they can fucking walk. This is him setting that, you know, hey, the kids are still flying on my dime. Not anymore, they're not. Yep, and uh, he's going to go do a just a n- standard floor visit over to ATN. Let me ask you something, Spencer. The company you work for, is there one person in control? Is there like a president, CEO, owner, somebody? There is a CEO of the company, yes. 
has that person ever just done a random floor walk, just walking around? He does, actually. He will regularly travel to all the offices and greet and meet with pretty much every employee of his company. He's done this many times. He used to do it even before he was the CEO because he got promoted to the ranks. So, yeah, he's he's actually – I'd say that's pretty unusual that he makes that a part of his routine. I would say so because you do work for a pretty large law firm. I, okay. The company I work for is very big. I, I I know the guy who is the CEO now. I don't know him in his current role, I knew him before, before he was like the, the, before he was the previous, you know, like the, um, before, mm-hmm. before they were stars time type before thing. The time. Yeah. Before they were stars type thing. That's the only reason I know him. If, if they just got it a floor walk, it would, I mean, it would fuck up our employees. Like we would be really <laughs> screwed up. So if you were in the Tom situation and you come in and you see the CEO is just looming mm. behind one of your employees, just mm. watching them type an email, what would you do? What would be your, your your action there? I'd say, sir, you're going to have to get out of their house um, because everybody works from home now. But like, you know, in, in this in example. Okay, valid um, point. Yes. I would do exactly what Tom did. Uh, we'll get to it. But, you know, Tom yeah. kind of allows Logan to – not allows. I mean, Logan does what he wants to do, but talks. But he does this little like arm Reassure, shoulder rub like, eh, it'll be all right. Like we're yeah. all struggling here with this. Um, so cut to the kids watching PGN, a line from the show. I don't know if you caught this. I loved, I love to see the little, this is, this is one of my favorite things about the show is you watch it with subtitles on and there's little background lines that really fit with everything else. So here's, here is what, here's what PGN. This is the MSNBC comments on the world. NATO has cultural weight. What a statement right there. <laughs> NATO has a cultural weight. That's what's being said on PGN. Ro- I saw it, paused it just so I could write it down and like, oh man, let's unpack that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's this sort of like, well, I mean, there's, there's just a cultural importance to NATO as well as a military. Mm. Yeah. So Roman is complaining that there are no hotties on the air, yeah, of course. So many olds. So many olds. Shiv says, yeah, I mean, this thing needs the living shit kicked out of it kendall says a show about politics called inside baseball how fucking confusing is that so kendall showing he knows nothing about politics and nothing about baseball in one comment it was pretty mm-hmm. pretty incredible uh shift shares that connor is texting them asking if they've left yet eyeball emoji fingers crossed emoji helicopter emoji kendall says we're coming i like i want to point that out kendall heard that and wanted wanted shift to tell connor we're coming like it's not, I'm not awarding him brother of the year, but I am saying that he's a little bit more concerned with the feelings of his siblings than we've seen Kendall in previous yeah. seasons. Yeah. We're going to rank level of sibling involvement with respect to other siblings by the end of this episode, but early data point, Kendall's looking kind of solid by comparison. Roman says, this is unbelievable. Our PGN is just going to crush this. And the money man, Tele Tele Jelly Belly says, not quite yours yet. Just reminding the audience and the kids the deal has not closed yet. Roman, what now, Spencer, for those keeping up at home, pop quiz, why has the deal not closed yet? Uh, The deal for PGN is dependent not only on their financiers, Saudi or or Dubai oil sheiks that they are, um, but also their own contribution. And those funds are still locked up in the sale of Waystar Rico. Once they can have their shares sold as part of that, they can have the cash that they then can put into the PGN deal to have the investment. But that has not gone forward yet. That is that is supposed to be approved by the shareholders come tomorrow. Roman tells him, look, this is a business retreat. This is a B- PGN brainstorm. Kendall explains that the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday programming, Dookie, Thursday, Dookie, Friday, Saturday programming, 
massive stinky dog dookie. Shiv says the upside is huge if they can just broaden out and stop over indexing to college professors. Roman. Genius insight. Sorry, I just can't seem to tear my eyes away from the bald man talking about NATO. I have a boner. So it seems to me that the sort of standard, the, the in neutral position for the three of these when they're together mm-hmm. is to just all be talking at once about different things. Yes. It, it, it is very much a level of we're just going to jabber and none of us are going to take notes and none of us are really trying to even say anything, but we want everyone to know that we're talking and that we're here. Nature of their conversation flow at all times. All right. So Spencer got an idea for what we can do with the Mangum Talks podcast network. My floaty great thing. Yeah. We should talk about the Baldman on TV. I think that really is really important to go into. Ah, we could do that. We could do that. I I can see you're excited. Kendall says, so my floaty kind of semi pitch would be hardcore international news from global, global to hyper local. (laughs) Okay. Good start. Tell me more. Tell me more. What's the focus point, please. If you would direct it at the one Brown person in the room, please. Wasn't that hilarious? He turns to Jess and he goes, maybe like a focus on Africa every day. Like what is happening in Africa? Wouldn't you love that, Jess? Africa? Just nothing but Africa? Sub-Saharan, West West Sub-Saharan Africa? McGrab, did you notice that when he said to Jess, how about a focus on Africa, that Roman just went, hmm. Like he just. (laughs) just, No, dude, come on, please. And he he leads with the McGrab. Like he wants you to know that he really knows Africa really well. Sub-Saharan East, Sub-Saharan West, Sub-Saharan, I mean, like Northern Sub-Saharan, like Southern. Like, okay, we got it, Kendall. Um, He says he would watch that. Roman says, no, you wouldn't. And honestly, no, Kendall, you wouldn't. Schiff calls it homework, the show, which sounds right. (laughs) Is it really, I mean, I thought this scene effectively just kind of hammered home. These guys have no idea how to run a media corporation. Well, no, of course not. The, the, the one person who had a little bit of an idea was Kendall, but he never was on the programming side. He was no. always on the business side. Now, Shiv had the opportunity to learn. He, She was going to be in a multi-year training plan to be CEO of Waystar Royco, where she could have easily learned about ATN during that process, but that timeline didn't really work for her. Uh, Roman, though, was previously in programming, and we do hear his idea. And it is an idea that I think more than a few media companies are right now following, possibly we can debate who, of where his suggestion is foreign report melatonin news uh, news hour info dumps in the daytime. Prime time we go full clockwork orange, you know? I think some corporations are presently following that strategy to some measure of success. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, the, the sort of... Um... Stoke the fires, make everybody angry. Pro- like we're all, news during the day. We're all about to go to war at night. You're like, yeah, that that's definitely the thing. I have this conversation with my mother all the time. My mother would be like, well, I watched today on the news. And I'm like, mom, I'm not telling you not to watch the news, right? Because if you tell somebody over 50 not to watch the news, you're basically calling them stupid because yes. they think that you're supposed to watch the news as an informed citizen. So I don't, I'm yes. not saying that to her, but I'm like, mom, they're just trying to make you angry. That's mm-hmm. all they're trying to do. Like, because they, they focus groups. Focus groups, very important to the episode, have shown angry people keep watching, content people turn it off and go live their lives. It's pretty common. Yes. It is stoking the fires of rage is a proper way to get media engagement. People know that it's and very, they wield that like a weapon. It's very simple. Like and they do it on social media. Like the, the sure. a post that pisses you off, you're more likely to respond to than a post that you hundred percent agree with. I gotta say this. That's why clickbait exists. I gotta say this. I have on this very podcast network, on this very podcast feed, I dare say, oh, yeah. been very, very, very critical of Shiv. Good. 
go on. I kind of like Shiv this episode. Now she's pe- she's in, she's petty. She's clearly going after this additional money thing because she's mad at Logan for the divorce lawyer thing. But she's got grounds to be angry. She's pretty effective in how she's doing it. She kind of talks sense most of the episode. Like I was kind of digging Shiv this episode. It's the only the problem I always have with Shiv is that Shiv is effect, can be very effective and very effectively manipulative in particular. But she's never honest about why. Perhaps not even fully to herself, but certainly not to those around her. She gets what she wants this episode. The reasons for it are buried as much as she possibly can. And the ultimate result of it, I'm assuming, is to collectively shoot themselves all in the foot for the sake of getting one small little ounce of revenge-based vindication. Look, I mean, yeah, that is what she's doing. But... I understood the I, I understood the impulse. I understood the motivation. The execution was pretty good. She's she's sharp in all these conversations. She's usually a step ahead of everybody in the room. Like Shiv impressed me. I'll tell you, she had a tough scene though. She goes out. She calls, um, I guess maybe her assistant or maybe her personal lawyer, talking about who to get as a divorce law, divorce lawyer, mm-hmm. just for the plebs out there. Let me try to explain because I did I didn't know it until people like you explained it to me. Nor really rich people have a lawyer and then they have a divorce lawyer. They have a lawyer and then they they have have a business lawyer. They have a lawyer, then they have a whatever lawyer. Yeah. So they have a lawyer who kind of acts as their in-house general counsel, who helps farm out everything else to specialists. Right. And that's what this guy's trying to help her with. However, all the pit bulls, all the big dogs, all the A plus people, all the tribal chiefs, as it were, in the divorce lawyer realm, all held up. All mucked up. Spencer, can you explain to me what's going on with these lawyers that can, these divorce lawyers that cannot help Shiv with her divorce problem? This is a strategy. It is a very effective strategy. It is a strategy that is so effective that some states have banned it. That's the level of effectiveness the strategy is of where you're essentially playing off conflict of interest. That if you go and either retain or just even talk to and set down feelers with every available attorney in a given field, particularly those that, you know, would be reasonably worth of consideration given the scale they're operating under, those attorneys then can't talk to the conflict, can't talk to your spouse, typically in these circumstances, because they're already conflicted out from having dealt with or engaged or some level of that with you. So now your spouse is left either without an attorney or is left with a decidedly lower quality of attorney because you've effectively salted the legal field as to all available options. Some law firms have weaponized the strategy very effectively in terms of encouraging their clients to do this when they're going into divorces or even when they're thinking about going into divorces. And it can make it very hard for your other spouse to get an attorney of the same level of caliber or possibly any representation at all, depending on how broad you are about the scope of it putting you in a decidedly superior position to go into negotiations for the divorce. Thank you for that explanation. Very good explanation. Helpful for all of us. Shiv says, okay, great. I'll call you back. She's pissed. She's angry. We get a really good angry Shiv face and then opening credits. So, and as we learn here in a minute, is she angry that Tom did it or is she angry that she realizes her dad told Tom how to do it? I suspect percentage of each. I suspect that she thinks so little of Tom's intellect and ability that she places a hundred percent of the blame on her father. I think she thinks he's just a pass through. He's just a guy who just has to just doing what somebody else tells him to do. And he's Mm -hmm. sort of too dumb to even know the implications of it. I don't think that's necessarily a hundred percent true, but I think that's what Shiv thinks. 
I very much agree that her anger here, she's angry at Tom because she's, she, she's always angry at Tom, but she's pr- properly pissed off at her dad because she sees her dad doing the exact same thing she did to her mom, that he did to her mom and putting her in the same category. Though from Tom's perspective, if I was in Tom's shoes, I'd be doing the exact same damn thing because good Lord, do I not want to confront Shiv in a divorce on equal terms. Mm. You would do the exact same thing? If I could, dealing with Shiv, I can't I can't count on Shiv to play fair. I can't count on Shiv to have an amiable divorce. I don't think that's possible with her. I think she's going to try to go for blood just out of, as we see here in her interactions with Logan. She will burn the world down if it gets her some small measure of vindication. She was wronged first in this thing with Logan, though. Like, I, sure. I'm not sure I believe that she's unwilling to do things amicably. I'm not sure I believe that 100%. Like, I think if... I think if Tom goes to her and really plays on the affection that she still has for him, I think there's a I think there's a world in which he could get her to just sort of skate through this thing. It's at least possible because she I mean, that is fair. She did set up the last episode that she just kind of wanted to get things done, and if that is the mindset she's bringing to bear for this, as long as she doesn't have some other reason to eventually get pissed at you or view that you've betrayed her in some manner, shape, or form, then yeah, if she's if you can operate under her indifference, that's a way to make things work. I probably would have gone that strategy, by the way, because I, 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 especially after the the previous episode where we saw them laying on the bed together, holding hands, and she's crying and trying to pretend like she's not crying. I would have read that as this lady probably doesn't want to be married to me, but she doesn't hate me, and mm. I would use that. I mean, no, it's manipulative, but I would. I would I'd use that and, and to try to get the divorce through and done. And um, that's a fair point. I think you could. I think you could do it without. I don't know, but you never know. It's you know, and you know, the whole thing would be fucked if I had that strategy. And then, like, I just caught Shiv out to lunch with her dad. I'd be like, "Oh God, oh no, Logan's too close to her." Like, as long as she's a mile away from her father, like, I'm cool yeah. with it. But when she's close to her dad, I'd be scared to death. Because it's it's almost like the nuclear option kind of scenario of where you don't want to do it. But the worst case scenario is if the other person does it when you don't. Because if, if she talks with Logan and Logan gives her that advice and she acts on it, now you're screwed. Yeah, cut to Tom, and he's asking his assistant if they've tied up all five now, mm-hmm. and they're all the ones that Mr. Roy's office gave us. Making it all the clear that, yes, this is Logan's strategy to a T. I don't, I don't know if this confirms, disputes, or neither what Logan claims at the end of the episode, where he says, I don't know, Tom asked me, I just gave him a name. I'm not sure because Tom says what Mr. Roy's office gave us. So I guess there's a world in which Logan could have just said, yeah, talk to Carl. I don't know. And Carl's the one who's giving this advice and not Logan. We're going to get to that scene because it's a very important scene to unpack about to what degree it's honest, to what degree it's manipulative, or to what degree can Logan even distinguish the two anymore. But on this point, I'm actually inclined to agree with Logan that if Shiv had been there and Shiv had asked, he would have given the Shiv the advice and fucked Tom. But Shiv's not there. Tom's the one that's in his circle right now. Tom asked. Tom gets the advice. Tom gets in the car. He answers. Uh, he calls the phone. He calls on the phone and, and he says, hey, buddy. And it's Greg. So he's calling Greg, buddy. And Greg explains that. Oh, my God. Oh, Tom. I don't know. what. Holy, holy shit. Logan's here. Like, it's that kind of thing. Uh, he says he's on the floor, Tom. I don't know. He's just moseying. Terrifyingly moseying. He's just wearing sunglasses inside as if he's a Santa Claus hitman. Ah, Greg has a way of expressing things that just can never fail but to tickle me. Tom tells him, hold on, he's coming. Very funny moment by Tom where he he stops the car and just takes off running uh, to get back into ATN to see what the hell's going on. Cut the shift. 
She calls Tom. Schiff says, so all the top attorneys are conflicted out. Did dad teach you that? It was a fucking nice move. Wow. Does he want to marry you now? She is pissed. At an 11, yes. As you said, she has been hurt now. You've hurt Shiv, and she's going to respond. Yeah, she's she's absolutely a viper. Like, you don't push in a corner, scared, angry. She attacks. She punches. Mm-hmm. She she bites. Uh, and, you know, Tom should know that. Like, I think that... Tom's but, an idiot. Like, well, Tom- <laughs> he's either an idiot or he he really hates her, which I don't think that's the answer. Or he three, he, he's overconfident because Logan's, quote, in his corner now. I, I think it's to it's one of the things that were if Tom didn't think if Tom thought this was the way to do an amiable divorce, he's a friggin idiot because we know Shiv. We know how Shiv's going to react to this. If you walk up into something that eventually she's going to turn on you, sure, maybe do this. But do you have a hope that she's going to work with you? Doing this will make that never possible. I think it's literally just Tom just does things that other people tell him or that he hears or that someone in a position of authority instructs him to. And he asked Logan for advice, and Logan said this was the strategy to do for divorce. And Tom's sight unseen went, let's do that. Yeah, that that, that is probably what happened. I still think, I, I don't know, I think that like ever since Tom I, has I, had the sense that Logan is in his corner, he's had a little bit, a little bit too much confidence. I, I think uh, that there's going to be a second. He's going to overextend himself at some point. He exists too, yeah. <laughs> so he turns around. Uh, he's running. Um, now he's dead. He's, anyway, he gets a call from Shiv and he's, he's walking down the, the steps talking to mm. her. Uh, completely lying. He says he doesn't know what she means. She explains that he's met or retained with every usable divorce lawyer in New York just to fuck with me. Tom says maybe his assistant Sarah made him a sick. Yeah, that's right. They're, they're oh, Tom, your just own the shit. You did it. Shiv says she recognizes her own dad's playbook. Fuck you, Tom. Tom says he didn't intend for this to be aggressive, but he's seen what her family, this is the Spencer point that you just made. He's seen what her family can do and he just wants it to be amicable. Shiv says, you want to be my dad's little bitch boy? Why don't you deliver him a message, bitch boy? Tell him to fuck off and stay on my, Roy family, Roy family words. Shiv gives him a fuck off. Stay out of my life. If we believe Tom here, then what he's saying is your family's cutthroat. I've seen how you act. As much as I want to trust you, I I can't. And so I'm going to try to negotiate this from a position of strength so that I can make it friendly. Yep. Maybe he actually believes that. But that, that that's certainly what he's representing here. So uh, Tom keeps going and he asks Greg what's happening. He's just walking around with the slight sense he might kill someone. It's like Jaws if everyone in Jaws worked for Jaws. Oh, I love that line. I love that line. That's so accurate, too. Because Logan will eat you alive happily. Uh, he did one big shout. He does not like the countdown to election chirons. Me either. He hates the new font. It's too small. It's too ingratiating. It's a really bad vibe, Tom. What is this? <laughs> Tom says, maybe he just wants to play Greg's sex tape on late night. <sighs> Greg gives like a kind of look like, oh, I'm going to hear about this for the next 15 years. Tom says yes. the future starts now once the rubber, the board rubber stamps the sale. And once the regulators mm. nod the deal through three, four months, Waystar is gone. This will be his home. So Tom knows he's reading the tea leaves. He knows what's going to, going to happen. Yep. He and knows the carve out for ATN was so that Logan could keep running ATN. And I, I've talked with a few people and a lot of people are confused by this. So I think it'd be useful if we explain a little bit about how this deal was proposed to work. Fire away. Uh, okay. So there are two different, there are effectively two different entities to focus on here. There is Waystar, 
and there is ATN. ATN being a component of Waystar. Okay. Effectively, Waystar is the overarching broadcasting company that's got media roots all over the place. And ATN is their news. Uh, Sinclair Fox News kind of deal? Very much so, yes. Or, or, even, or even if you want to focus on Rupert Murdoch's... I mean, heh, this episode's kind of on point of where Rupert Murdoch did this exact same shit about you know 15 years ago now of where there was Fox Broadcasting and then there was Fox News and he sold Fox Broadcasting and he spun off and kept Fox News. There's even a picture of him friggin' standing on um, new, uh, on uh, paper boxes in the in the bullpen of the Wall Street Journal delivering a speech. Yeah. The episode likes to base itself on real life events to a certain degree. Uh, apparently, his speech was nowhere near as good as Logan's, though. But Logan's plan here is sell the broadcasting multimedia company, but spin off and keep and become the head and runner of ATM. Seemingly once again, seems like he was once more involved, but now it's going. He's, it's going to be his day-to-day focus. That's how he wants to structure this, so he can still remain relevant and still keep the news that he actually really cares about, while making billions to now be able to use to spend how he wants to make this a news empire the way he wants. Greg says, so he's going to be here all the time in person. Tom says, yes. And that obviously freaks out. Greg, hanging around like the threat of nuclear war. Mm-hmm. Tom greets Logan and Logan is just watching someone. Logan says this one email. Fucking Stakanovites. <laughs> Fucking Stakanovites in here. Please don't exhaust yourself. That's the moment we talked about it where he's just micromanaging the shit out of this because this is going to be his new world. Maybe whether he likes it or not, we can debate that. But this is the world that he's chosen for himself and he is here to make everyone's life miserable until it's the exact way he wants, including this poor employee writing an email. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty funny how he, he's mad about the email thing. He's mad about the air conditioning bill, the pizza bill. Like he, the, the aircraft Logan, style. <laughs> yeah. Logan seems like a, strangely enough, probably not a good manager. I think he's a really good businessman. Huh. But I don't think he's a really good manager of things because he seems to oscillate between two different extremes. The fuck off, don't tell me anything, just fix it to the the pizza budget is a little out of whack. Like he doesn't have a good middle ground and it's it, it's probably not good for any of these entities that he runs. And it seems like he's been successful despite that because he knows what is a good business model, what the public will want. He's able to fund it. He's able to work the deals. He's able to deal in the boardroom, deal with boards, deal with the public, regulators, et cetera, politics. But the actual running of the company, he's either super aloof, fuck you, just fix it, or what's the air conditioning bill in here? I think I think it's a very accurate read. And I, it may be driven by the fact that he's just been so fo- so long removed from the trenches in terms of actually, you know, the process of running people on the ground for the day-to-day. It's not been part of his routine for possibly decades now. Notice how after Logan says that, says that Tom rubs the guy's shoulders and Tom asks, he's kind of giving the guy a little reassurance. Tom asks about the election refit and Logan scoffs at the money. It's an aircraft hangar. And Tom says, peach Sid really loves the sense of space. It was peach's fault. Every, Tom is so, he's such a fucking weasel. Every little thing that he can, if he can kill, oh yeah, Sid doesn't stay late. What's up? He does everything to undermine her that he can. And she he's notices it. He notices it. She does it back. But anyway, she says Sid really loves her sense of space. Logan asked where she was. Tom attempts to throw her right. Opera season, sir. Opera season. She didn't stay late. Of course not. Man, he's trying to throw her on the bus at every opportunity. Meanwhile, is that Peach Sid's music? She just walks right up from behind and goes, oh, I didn't see you. I didn't see you. I was busy. But I see my social secretary is looking after you. Do do you think she sprinted down the parking deck, too, once she got the news? Yeah. 
She did. Yeah. And, and of course, when he said the thing about the opera, she heard it. That's why she said mm-hmm. the social secretary thing. Um, so she's able to like, I heard that with the line and also, you know, minimize Tom and his role. And then it, go it, ahead. I think, I think it's, it's also important that what, whether Tom is full of shit here or not, who can say notably he was leaving the building at this moment too. So let's keep track of that little detail. Um, but Sid did answer the phone during late night programming yesterday to take Logan's call. I, I don't, I think it's, I think there's nothing to Tom's statement that she leaves early. I don't think that's it. There's any truth to it. I think he's just, it's he made up out of whole cloth. Well, at a minimum, it's hypocritical because he was leaving himself. Or it's also just a straight up lie. Yeah. But like, it's not, it's not a stay late situation, right? Because like Logan's there in the morning and mm-hmm. like Tom specifically tells his driver of his SUV, cancel my day. Yeah. So this is the morning time. Good um, point. I actually forgot about it. This is one day we're watching here. Yeah. So uh, then we get the introduction to this storyline, which is both bizarre and really fucking funny. Logan asks if they've seen the tape of Carrie trying to be an on-air personality. Uh, how, how does this tape make as much circulation as it does? That's my question for you. I wanted to know. I want to know your thoughts on this. How the fuck does every? How do the kids have it? How does everybody think, have it? It's it, it, it's interesting. The kids getting it implies they still have a connect inside Waystar. That they still have somebody that would be able to share that with them or get that kind of information. They've still got either a friend or a spy. Because otherwise, why would they have it? I'm not even sure why it's being circulated as widely as it is inside the corporation, other than the fact that people find it fucking hilarious. I've got a theory. Please. My theory is that Tom got it because he's ATN. Him and Peach had to get it. Tom and or Greg, probably Tom, gave it to Jerry Mm -hmm. as a... Me and you are equals. We're kind of buddies. Let me show you this thing. It's kind of funny inside joke. Jerry then circulated it to the kids. She's given it to um, Hugo. She's given the it. Source. She's given it all over. So we see Hugo has it in the boardroom, sitting there with Jerry. Jerry seems like sh- like shocked and very scared that Logan notices that Hugo has it in his possession. And later on in the episode, very clearly, Logan says, "I not want Jerry. the board meeting later, but absolutely not fucking Jerry." That's interesting because we see we see him go after Jerry at one point, saying that she may be in bed with. Um, uh, the Elon Musk standard. I'm, bl- I'm blanking on his name. The guy who's about to purchase Waystar. Yeah, Madsen. Um, Madsen. Madsen, that's it. And so I, I was associating with that in terms of him, you know, think, thinking that she, he can't fully trust her. But it also may be that he just read th- he actually read the room that she was the source for passing around the carry humiliation. Because you could easily see her sending it to Roman. Sure. And I can, th- I can picture them the still talking. Oh, hey, they absolutely Ro- still talk. Ro- Roman's still texting people, regardless of rules saying he can't. Yeah, Roman's definitely still talking, Jerry. So anyway, that's that's my theory there. Uh, so Sid and Tom have no interest of talking about this at first. They play hot potato back and forth. Tom finally does the thing that so many people do in conversation. And it, it once you notice this, I'm, I'm so I did something on the Star, Mango Talk Star Wars podcast last week. And I've gotten a lot of fans telling me that they wish I hadn't done. I told them that Pedro Pascal is not the actual physical actor for most of the scenes, that he's doing voiceovers. You did. It hurt us. People didn't like that. I'm going to do something else now that people aren't going to like long term. And it's why it's when you say, hey, Spencer, what would you like to see in the theater I don't know. today? What, what, do you, what do you think? That thing. Yeah. Once you notice people who do it, you can't 
it's a dog for me it's dog with a bone I, I can't unsee it and the glass is shattered and now every time somebody does it to me i always want to shake them and be like no i asked you first so anyway that's what that's what he's doing here he goes no 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 you go first tom says well i i liked it i i thought it was just absolutely wonderful let's make clear about one something earlier here am i accurate in assuming that from the get-go logan knew that carrie's tape was shit but he wanted somebody else to say such so he could put it on them to tell her. Is that an accurate read about what's happening here? That is an extremely good question that you've asked there, Mr. Pants. Um, I'm inclined to think that Logan knew from the word jump that Carrie's tape wouldn't fly. Of course he's watched it. But he's too much of a coward. He doesn't want to deal with the confrontation that he's continually trying to get somebody else to say that so he can assign it to him. Because the moment Tom finally does, Logan immediately goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you should tell her. That's probably smart. Now, we have seen Logan has a little bit of blind spot for the, the women that His squeeze is, for yeah. time. So, you know, I think, I think there's a chance that he, he thinks the answer is probably somewhere in the middle where he recognized that there were some problems with it. He recognized she wasn't ready quite yet. He probably does think she could do it long term. Mm-hmm. But we also know they've making they've taken great pains to show us that Logan has very strong opinions about what he's seen on ATN, what the what the any weakness anchors are saying, the type of reporting, the Chiron, everything. So I'm hard pressed to think he wouldn't have an opinion about the tape. And we got what five lines of the tape. It she messed up three times yeah. in five lines. It was constant. Yeah, I was gonna I was gonna ask you. You who have judged people on you know public broadcasting scales innumerable times before. How would you rate her performance out of five from what you saw? Yes, yes, that is on my resume. Yes, oh, yeah, um, yeah. former anchor for I think it was the third largest news corporation in America. Yeah, you know, I'm background. gonna say uh, C minus. I'd even rate her a little bit lower, but C minus seems a little bit generous. But sure, it's in range. Of where it's not good. It, her body language is good. She's she's leaned in the right position, and she does. You know, Roman makes fun the, of the smiling, but the smiling the, the is important. The hands need work. The hands need. The hands are always hard for presentation. Yeah, she's sitting up though. I don't know. It's not as bad as it could have been, but it certainly isn't good. Mm. Um, so they're they're going back and forth. Roman Logan tells Tom like, "No, look, I want you." So he's like, "I think it's good. I think it's." Okay, I think it's. <laughs> I think it's non-committal answer. Dava, 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 dava. Uh, Logan says, "Well, I'm keeping out of it. Uh, whatever you two professionals think." So, Logan then says he wants to give a speech down in the scrum, man of the people. Mm-hmm. Cut to the kids watching Carrie's tape, and yeah, a lot of people have it really quick. I gotta think there was a a single point of distribution within the ATN sphere, and it's hard for me. Who else would be talking to the kids? It, it's either Jerry or it's Frank, based on, you know, senior hires up. We've seen that interact with the kids to some degree. Or Kendall still has a connection with Frank. Lord Roman still has a connection with Jerry. Those seem the most likely sources, unless they've got somebody else, some other connection or spy that we don't presently know about. Spencer, if you were traveling through the state of Missouri and the state highway patrol pulled you over, gave you a ticket, what would be the entity that gave you the ticket? The entity that gave me the ticket would be the, I mean, it would be, if it was State Highway Patrol, it would be the state that gave me the ticket, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, so the Missouri State Police? Yeah. They're, they're employees of the state itself. Like, let's say you just had to say that phrase, Missouri State Police. Let's just say you had to say it. How would you say it? I would say Missouri State Police. Yeah. You know, it rolled off the tongue for both of us. Carrie seems to struggle with it really, really Mm -hmm. hard here. Missouri, Missouri, she's bad. She's just struggling here. And that's her big tape. Like, 
They didn't reshoot it. They didn't. This was the best they could get. This is interesting too because if you delivered that tape, if you were, were in the process of recording that, you'd have enough perspective on yourself to know you did a shit job, right? I don't know how the just the person recording it, the fucking podunk, fifteen buck an hour. I was just gonna press a button guy, right? That just the nobody guy in 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 ATN wouldn't go. You want to shoot that again? Yeah. <laughs> you know? would, you, would you like another take? <laughs> yeah. Somebody had to suggest it, right? And she couldn't say Missouri State Police. That's trouble. So Roman goes right in. And then the sudden smile, Roman says, must act natural, must act natural to fool the humans. Kendall is also laughing it up. Kendall says she is doing the shit out of the news, which is funny. He's kind of like doing the, the reverse yeah. Like, oh, oh, she's she's just fucking it. Absolutely. She's tech. She's talking about some news story that what, this is actually kind of funny to me. That one cup of coffee a day can extend your life up to five years, but three cups a day can reduce it by two. This is the show ah. t- taking a taking a little jab at what mm-hmm. is passed for news for the past twenty years. And I think the Today Show really brought this into major focus. Sure. These stories of like a recent study has shown blah. Like how many times has this happened in the news where they say a recent study? Apparently that's the only bibliography you need. That's the only work cited you need. Nope. Nothing else required. A recent study has shown, and then you could just insert fucking nonsense, you know, shit like smoking three cigarettes a day. is actually good for you. Smoking one uh, glass of red wine a day is actually great for your heart. My- Drinking one cup of coffee a day actually extends your life. That's what they're making fun of here. This concept that these vices, these things that are just holistically bad for your body, that it's, it's cool. The news story is really, like really cool in right. vogue to say, actually just a little bit of that is really good for you. And by the way, the people who participate in it, who drink the coffee, drink the alcohol, smoke the cigarettes, can't wait to pass these stories around. It's fun, too, of where my parents used to watch the Today Show religiously every morning when I was growing up. Okay, question is, for you on yes. that. Who was their favorite anchor? Do, do you know? Katie, do you remember? Katie Kirk. We were Katie Kirk household, too. We always thought that Matt Lauer was a bullshitter. Yeah. I, the, the, my mom, in particular, always thought he was full of shit. It was interesting. She called that right. Same. You guys called it right, too. Uh, but, yeah, we watched her in the, you know, Matt Lauer, Katie Couric, Al Roker kind of era. Um, but... I that uh, we watched it so often enough that I, there were days of when they do those, you know, the latest, the latest, latest story story shows of where I remember I was like maybe 10 or 12. I turned to my dad and went, didn't they say like a year ago, the exact opposite? It's like if you watch it enough. They just repeat all kinds of shit that contradict itself constantly with respect to those things. But no one cares. It's part of the experience of the news. Now, if you are feeling particularly hurt by me and Spencer Rayleigh on this, because you you participate in those, you click on the story and you go, "Oh, that might be good for me." Let me just let me Uncle Lee out there to the kids. I'm gonna start listing some stuff off: coffee, caffeine, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. any stimulant, a, nicotine, a, a glass of wine, <laughs> any amount of alcohol, trans fats, yes, cholesterol, yep. saturated fat. Mm-hmm. It's all fucking bad for you in moderate amounts, <laughs> big amounts, or medium amounts. It's all yeah. fucking bad for you. Quit clicking on the articles. There you go. Uncle Lee out there to the kids. Lee, the dietitian, he's going to have quite a career. Yep. Yep. Yeah. The, the, you know, the interesting part is to, is to know that alcohol is bad for you and, and trans fats are bad for you. Don't need to be a dietitian. <laughs> Don't need to. You can actually, can you, you can actually suss that one out just offer as, that a, one. as a mere mortal. You can suss that one out. Kendall mm-hmm. says, um, 
so anyway, they're, they're making fun of this, this concept, uh, that, or that the, the, the three cups of coffee, two cups of coffee thing. And then Roman says, man, dad was a God, but tomorrow he'll be selling the empire to a four chan Swede and dishing out jobs for blowies. <laughs> Shiv is outside. The mighty have fallen. Shiv is outside on the phone talking to Sandy Furness. She's just calling. Just going to check in. Calling, chatting. They're best buds, don't you know? Again, another line that I would not have caught if I wasn't watching it on subtitles is the reason that Sandy thought she was calling initially, which was, is this about Connor's wedding? Because that was a regretful no. Yeah. Sure. Connor invited the room. Shiv says, no, 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 completely different. And of course it is because I'm going to be a big Shiv proponent this episode. She's my number one boy this episode. She's Mm -hmm. the number one kid this episode. Shiv is. But there's 0% chance she'd be calling around chastising people for not going to Connor's wedding, right? Like she doesn't think that highly of Connor to do that. I mean, we're going to see several scenes of this, but is it fair to say that that Shiv offers the least amount of support to Connor among any of the siblings this episode? That's a very fair statement. Yes. It is as close to zero as possible. She's talking about Sandy's chat earlier and her pitch, and she thinks, eh, maybe it was a little hasty. So basically, Sandy says they should push for more money on the deal. Shiv apparently had said no. Just All Kendall, of them had said Just no. had Roman. Just had basically every other board member, it seems, except for Sandy and Stewie. Yeah. But Shiv, because she's run the numbers... She's mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm, she's mm-hmm. got spreadsheet on spreadsheet. Yep. All kinds of high level analytics. Absolutely. She's decided it's time to push for more money it's a now. Business decision, don't you know? Completely a business decision. Nothing okay. else is motivating this. I'm gonna kick it over to you for an explanation. Spencer, for people who are just casually watching, maybe casually listening to this podcast, what is Shiv's motivation for this? Uh fuck my dad. Just straight up, he's an asshole. He's always been an asshole. He's found a new way to be an asshole to me, and enough is enough. I'm going to, I will voluntarily burn down what he loves, even if I'm caught in the fire. She's literally willing to hold up the money that gets to her, Kindle, Roman, for the PGN deal. deal. Fuck the PGN. She's going to fuck the whole PGN deal just to piss him off. As a sort of vendetta, as a bad, you know. But the thing is, is I get it because like. I can't imagine like going going through a divorce and feeling like your parents are helping out the The person you're getting divorced from. I would be, I would be, I would erupt. Like I, I get it. I I get being really frustrated and angry about that. It's just a super transparent thing. And what's hilarious to me is that Logan doesn't even for a second think it's about the money. Like he goes right. He, as soon as he hears about this, it takes him about 12 seconds. He goes, I got to go to them. We have to have a personal conversation because they're obviously pissed off at me about something personal. I got to just start doing some apologies. Yeah, I think I think it's telling that Logan sees through it in a heartbeat and is willing to go humble himself personally to go meet with them to, you know, recognize what it is and how he needs to vaguely appear human for a second to make this get across, get this across the line. Meanwhile, despite pretty transparent pressuring, Kim, neither Kindle nor Roman call out Shiv at any point about what she's obviously trying to do. Do you, do you do you believe either one of them has that in their prefrontal cortex that they they have that in the front of their brain? I think they all kind of like true serum. They would be able to suss it out. I'm just I just don't know in the flow of the day if any of them have picked up on it and are thinking 
about, oh, Shiv's just mad about this particular thing about her divorce. That's why she's doing this. I feel like this is a thing that both you and I are hyper aware on. But when one member of our friend group suddenly just starts to say, hey, you know, wouldn't it be fun if we do this other thing? I'm not saying we do the other thing, but maybe this other thing. You immediately hone in on, okay, so obviously you want to do the other thing. Let's think about why. I Every time Shiv did that, I'm just hyper-focused on the person that starts doing it and said, okay, they've shifted position. Why are they shifting position? Let's ponder that. It doesn't seem like Kendall or Roman get it until well into the conversation. And I don't even, I don't think they ever realize the reason. That's why I brought it up is that I think that like, they're both smart enough to piece it together. I just don't know if they've pieced it together in the heat of the moment. Cause neither one of them, it seems like this type of thing that if Roman was really aware of, he'd hone in on the weakness. Of he'd it. talk about it at some point yeah, during the he'd episode mock her for it. Kendall is a little bit harder this season to gauge because he is on this sort of kick of I'm going to try to be a good brother, which maybe that's protecting shift to a certain point. Maybe he is aware of it. I'm not sure Roman has is thinking about it a lot this episode. No, I don't think he is. It is interesting you say that, though, that both of us like do that thing where like somebody's like, hey, why don't we go to dinner? And you're like, oh, somebody wants to get out of the house. Somebody wants to you're trying to figure out the the motivations. You and I are both going to a bachelor party next week in New Orleans. We're going to be around a lot of people. It's going to be big house people. We're, I guarantee we're going to have a moment where we like this happens and we'll look at each other yeah. and be like, hey, remember we talked about it on the podcast. Like, we're, yeah, it's <laughs> we a moment of where we're out somewhere and someone says, hey, you know, maybe we should start heading back. And both you and I are going to go, well, there it is. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We talked about it on the, we talked about it on the line of succession. Okay. So back inside. Roman saying, oh, please, again and again, press the press the button. Uno mas, uno mas. Kendall says, if he puts this on the air, it's like easily packaged as total loss of judgment control. So Kendall's already – he's still thinking of the PR stuff, like how to, how to say that his dad's completely out of touch, shouldn't be running the company, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Roman says, yes, 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 that's right. Jess keeps asking them to leave. Poor Jess. I mean, not a great job. So she we, we kind of got a, pretty damn well. well, but we got a sense last season, right? Because we knew Carolina makes a, bill, a million dollars a year. Mm-hmm. We know that Jerry makes significantly more than that. She makes probably a couple million dollars a year. Mm. What do you think? What do you think Kendall pays Jess? If you had to guess, I'm getting. I'm guessing high six figures. I'm guessing you probably so. pick like some like five hundred thousand, maybe maybe seven fifty. Five hundred thousand, but I'm not sure the check always clears. Sometimes she might have to wait a little bit. Very cash flow issue. Just wait till Tuesday. Wait till Tuesday. Maybe that's why she's trying to get them out the door to get. Come on, guys, let's get mm. get, get going. We're gonna get this pier steel so I can get paid. So, um, then we go to. Jess, who's continuing to say, like, I'm getting text from Roman. I'm getting text from Roman. The helicopter is waiting for us. Cut to ATN. And they are making a stage out of paper boxes. And I I guess this is... um, This is an actual picture of Rupert Murdoch standing on a stage of paper boxes delivering a speech. This is an... I don't even think it's an homage. It's just a direct direct reference to that. Now, did you see... Really? I I like to be eagle about this stuff. Did you see the brand of paper this was? No, I didn't. Dunder, Dunder Mifflin paper, if you can you're, believe you're, it. You can, are can you fucking kidding. believe it? Dunder Mifflin paper. No, I don't no, believe you. I don't ha- believe you. I just it, like, it would be too good. It's hammer mill, but I, I, Damn I don't it, know. All the hell. Sure, I throw that in there. So Sid is telling Logan it needs to be more stable. Logan's like, nope, keep it cheap and cheerful. It's like the fifth reference to being cheap around the office he's yeah. had since he got there. He asked Tom to sprinkle a little sugar for me, do a little quick intro. Tom does okay with this, but no, what? Nobody's going to be excited to like, oh, oh, surprise I guess now I have to do a surprise speech to all the employees here yeah. and introduce introduce you and my my boss's boss's boss, and I, this has to look good. And you're in a particularly foul mood today. You're mad about the air conditioning. 
It's not a good setup for him. He doesn't do terrible. I'll give him that credit. It's no, not he really great, doesn't. But he, he, get, he gets across the finish line with respect to introducing Logan. Yeah, in essence, he just says basically, hey, thanks, everybody. Hey, Logan's here. Over. Um, he, t- he talks to numbers a little bit. He says we're up 3% yeah. week over week. He sees Logan scoff at that. So then he ups it to 15% uh, year over year. year. Um, anyway, sir, come on up. So Logan begins his speech. He says 15% up year on year. It's a shame we're up 40 on cost. I mean, if that's actually an accurate number, that's an, that is an important data point for them to focus on and deal with. So I kind of, I like working at a big company. I'm not in finance. I'm in contracts, but like the, I do, I, I ta- I'm tangentially close enough to finance and I work with people who kind of do finances for the, the corporate, for the larger company, not just project level stuff that I know that when you say up 40% on cost for a company as probably large and sprawling and confusing as ATM. He, there's multiple data points you can talk about with costs. You, like you can look at the numbers anywhere. Are you, you talking about profit? Are you talking about revenue? Are you talking about uh, EBITDA? Are you talking about what, inflation? What are, you, injust, what are you excluding? Adjusted? Are you counting investments? Any number of things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's, there's ways to cook it. I would guess he picked the highest number he could find. He has a point to make here. He's so on he's, a mission right now. He says to the guy, is 15 equal to 40, pal? Just the, the, the idiot of a dude who decided to stand in front. Don't ever stand in front. You're the point. You're the guy that's going to get called on. So Logan Murdoch, or Logan, <laughs> Logan Murdoch, <laughs> Logan is Rupert Murdoch, right? Yes. But they did give him a little Vince McMahon here. Vince McMahon, Vince McMahon always calls people pal. Mm-hmm. That's his thing, especially when he's being aggressive with folks. Like that's what everybody says is like backstage. If you were working for Vince and he didn't like something you do, he say, Hey pal, come over here, pal. Hey pal. Rich person thing. Mm-hmm. So no, no, no good. This is not good. All right. But you're good folks. You're the best or you well, wouldn't I, be here. I, I like he does put the guy on the carpet, but then he does compliment him when he actually answers the question. It's like, it, is 15 equal to 40 pal? No. Good, good head for numbers. Moving on. He didn't compliment. That's not a compliment. He's, I, he was he was it, making fun still, of him. It's still mocking, but it's still engaging the guy at least on some level there before he exits. I thought it was mocking to the point that Greg was like shuddering. Um, mm. Anyway, he says, you know, you, you guys, he, he goes, I won't say the whole speech, but in essence, he says, I need you to knuckle down. I need you to work hard. He, a couple of lines that I really like. Um he says, I can't t- say too much about Waystar, but I'll be spending a lot more time here with you because I love it. I fucking love it. So I don't want to know about 3% year, uh, week on week. I want to know we are killing the opposition. Mm-hmm. I want to be cutting their throats. Our rivals should be checking in and out of their chauffeured cars because they can't believe what we did. So fucking spicy. He goes on to say, basically, we should be. A step ahead of everybody. Nobody we should be, says. We have saying what nobody says, saying the tr- the truth, right? The the, the, the real truth. All afraid I'm, to. I'm sure with Logan's politics, like the the truth as he sees it is something that you and I would probably shudder at. But mm. this is what he's saying. They wants them to do. But he says this line: "They're fucking jam smears on the highway." He says some old guy stuff sometimes, and especially some old world stuff sometimes because we know he's an immigrant, right? Mm-hmm. That people don't really understand. You notice Greg didn't understand that line when he says they're jam smears on the highway. Greg was just like. Is he losing it? Anyway, he pulls it back. He gets the audience all together at the end by saying, you're pirates, you're fucking pirates. All right, all right. Yay, yay. Everybody cheers. Everybody has a good time. 
it seems like he does have the room by the end. Now, there's a period of build, there's a period of uncertainty, but throughout this, as the speech goes on, people are starting to nod. People are starting to go, you know, have a certain degree of like, yeah, like muttered to themselves even before we get to the end. By the end, it seems like he actually gets the room pretty energized. Oh, Man, he certainly does. He, he knows how to work a crowd. When we get to the helicopter and the kids aren't authorized to take off. Shiv says, we are the company. Our dad is the CEO. Shiv, you answered your own question. We are the company. Our dad is the CEO. You're really not. Your dad is the company. You are, you are shareholders. Gabriel puts it. it together that Logan is fucking with him. Roman tries to get on and can't. He drops this line. This is something Spencer says usually when we're out to like dinner or if the food's late or he doesn't like how the tip's been calculated or something. I'm going to set aside a several hundred thousand dollars and I'm going to devote it completely to destroying your life. Uh, that, that is me if I instead said seven fifty. Just $7.50 the max I'm willing to spend on that petty shit. That, I'm cheap. You know this. Otherwise accurate. The response by the lady was pretty funny, though. She goes, I can't speak to that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, helicopter takes off without a room and says, what the fuck is that? Connor's going to shit. It's going to be guilt trip to the fucking moon for us. God damn it. So he's irritated. They're irritated. So the, now Jess having to track down a car. Roman's screaming at Jess, get a car, get a fucking car. Mm-hmm. Kendall says... In Buddhism, sometimes your greatest tormentor can also be your most perceptive teacher. I love I love how they play on the like so they're not afraid to make fun of um like recovery, right? Through Kindle. Yeah. Like they make fun of all the like sort of standard stuff, like the working out, needing a personal trainer, like all of a sudden now I'm a big workout guy. Oh, I'm now I'm Buddhist or I'm Hindu. I'm some weird religion that like nobody is around me. Not that either one of those religions are weird. They're weird in the social circles he runs with. Um, And then also would call them weird. And then also his sort of weird California sober thing. They love to make fun of that. How he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm in recovery. And then he's like, you know, drinking, you know, whiskey at 10 a.m. Yeah. I, I enjoy that they make fun of that through him. It's kind of a kind of an interesting thing. Uh, I enjoy when Roman makes fun of it, too. For, oh, man, hey, Buddha, nice Tom Ford's. Just call it out. Shiv says, this is interesting. Sandy and Stewie, they'd like to call her me. I just playing dumb. I don't know. I don't know, man. Out of the blue. Again, this is the moment of when both you and I would look back and go, so when did you call them? Just like, I'm, Obviously, immediately, it's like, okay, well, obviously, you started that conversation. Yeah, and then you have to figure out how to manage Shiv's ego because you don't want to call her out in front of Mm -hmm. everybody because she's done this, like, weird script. Yeah, that's exactly what we would do. Cut to Logan, ever perceptive. He's saying he doesn't like the silence from the board and wants to give it one last buzz around. He tells Carrie to get Frank and Carl to the independents. I think the independents, tell me if I'm wrong, are um, the people aren't related to him. The board, the board members that are not, for some reason, beholden to one side or the other. Yeah. Uh, or let's, the shareholders. Shareholders. Not sh- like board members, but probably board members too. Yeah. It seems like he's talking about board members here, though, because he says silence from the board specifically. I want to give yeah, it one yeah. last better. He says, let's triple lock this thing down. Cut to Hugo and Jerry who are watching Carrie's tape and laughing. Already gave, you, already gave you my theory there that I think that – uh, Jerry, Jerry was the one who circulated this has now in this room, given it to Hugo who has it on his laptop. Here's something that happens. is so fucking funny. Serious mistake. Learn from this people. Learn from this. All right. Give it, it to, to us all. Give, give it to him. Give it to him. Well, well, in terms of what Hugo does wrong. Yes. Hugo. Upon, you know, not wanting somebody to see this does not take the extra time, despite the fact that no one else can see it to mute, close, or at least minimize the video that he's watching. He just closes his laptop. He just closes the laptop midstream. Just down it goes. 
Which what what does that mean the moment you open a laptop again? It will play the second you put your password in. Instantly. Yeah. Rookie mistake in so many different contexts and ways. There has been I have had I have so many stories from work of people who have done one of two things. They have either shared to a big screen in a conference room from their laptop and something's gone up there that we shouldn't see. Or two, they are sharing their screen via Zoom. They for, they, they're done with their presentation. They've forgotten that they're still sharing and they just start checking their email or checking their Gmail or shopping or something. Yeah. And the meeting's still going on and we can all see it. I've seen this shit happen so many times. Every single time. I think the one I want to talk about though is I had a, no. a I think I had, I had a boss one time who I didn't, th- I was like a specialist at this point. I wasn't even a manager mm-hmm. and I, I suspected she was on shaky ground and she was giving a little presentation to a group of people. I was in there mm-hmm. and she left her email up. Now in Outlook, your email, if you don't turn the, the turn it off, you'll get notifications in your bottom right hand corner. Every time you get a new email, if you don't turn sure. it off. She's like a hundred years old. She did not turn it off. So, uh, flashes right up there on the, on the thing. What did it say about a job that she'd applied for? (laughs) Not only did, not only did we see that she'd applied for the job. We saw that she didn't get it. Oh, 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 that's delightful. So be careful when you're sharing your screen. Yeah. So this is exactly what happens to Hugo, right? And like the funny thing is that Carolina sells him right the fuck up the river. Carolina's like, I'm not going to do it. Put your, plug your laptop in. She can see from his face. He doesn't want to plug his laptop in. Yeah. She doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> doesn't care. <laughs> and she, she heard it just the same way Logan heard it when they walked in. It's like, okay, you were tr- trying to make me do something I didn't want to do. Let's flip this right back on you, sir. Reverse, re- reverse Uno card. Here we go. He does it. It populates up on the big screen, carries audition tape. He tries to get it down as quick as he can, but everybody sees it for about two or three seconds. Burned in the retinas. Logan then, clearly upset, but can't talk about what he's upset about, gives him this line. I don't want to be seen like some fucking piece of set dressing, okay? Jerry asks if he wants his moment in the sun, which, Jerry, you know better Mm. than this. You know Mm. better than this Mm. to talk about him like he's being being put out the pasture. He says, oh, you work for Madsen already. I'm still here. You know, I haven't gone. You getting your fucking Viking hat on early, huh? <laughs> He's not. Look, it might appear that Matson and him are both white men. He will still find a way to be racist. <laughs> and every, of course, at every opportunity, he's not me. Jerry says no. Logan says it's bullshit. Hugo, Hugo says I think we might need someone. Or he tells Hugo I think we might need someone to suck off an independent director. I'm concerned about the board. Put your fucking lipstick on. He gets up and walks out. God, he's still, he is entertainingly vile with every opportunity. Cuts of the kids all showing up. Roman, they're, they're, when I say showing up, showing up to rehearsal. Roman says he'd like to not go up, but he feels like he has to drink at least a couple martini passive aggressives in order to make up for being late. Mm-hmm. Then we see Stewie, who actually hits him with a really funny joke that the taxi cab, come on, come on. I give you flat rate, flat rate. I give you flat rate. I thought that, that was, was pretty that was funny. funny. That was very funny. Very quick. Got a little, got a little laugh for me. They walk up. Shiv acts like she doesn't. So great to see you, Stewie and Sandy. I got, how long has it been? Three months? Ah, oh, been yeah, a while. What a coincidence that you're just here on this random street today. Totally without my GPS tracking on. Roman is very much against what Sandy is pitching here, which is the idea that they don't vote. No, 
and they push on price. They make Logan go back to the negotiating table with Matson to get a higher price for Waystar Royco. That's what they're trying to do. Well, they, they don't vote yes. You mean? Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Don't, don't vote yes. Um, actually, that and, and she specifically says vote no. So she's not saying vote yeah. abstain or something. She's saying vote no to force him back to the negotiating table for the deal. So question for you, Spencer. Yes. Now, we all know that you have a, a mind for high finance. Based on what we see this episode, do you think Stewie and Sandy are right that the deal is weak? Or are you with Logan that the deal is as good as it's going to get, best they could get? It's stupid to push it any further. I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning towards the Logan camp because I think most of the people that are saying the deal is weak have their own in-bed interests to want the deal to fail or at least have their own in, ingrained interest to want to hurt Logan, including the Sandy group as well. Maybe not Stewie. Maybe Stewie has hopes here, whatever else, or at least he's trying to, you know, ride the risk. Um, but it's notable here that even in this conversation, when they try to say, you know, the comparables, they're sure they're weak. We're not getting, we're not getting a fair deal. Kendall immediately dismisses those. Just like that's old, that's old data. This is a new deal. It's a new situation. That's not relevant. Just that is his immediate off the cuff response is that you're manipulating the numbers. More than anything, also. Even if, you know, there are comparables, whatever else they could show they could do better, I kind of believe Logan that Matson would just say fuck it and walk away if they put almost any more pressure on him. And I think that's kind of how it's going to play out. What do you think, though? I'm curious. I'm not so sure that of the Matson piece. I think that Matson might be willing to give more, and that's why he's panicking so much and calling everybody. Um, this is kind of like selling a house. Mm-hmm. When you're selling a house, and you find a buyer that you are you want to go into contract with. You can you can sit there three glasses of wine deep and get on Zillow, and you can find a comparable Someone, that will tell yeah. you that you are not charging enough for your house. But most of the time, even though you can find these comparables that tell you that other houses in similar neighborhoods went for more money, that's all that's all fine and dandy. But that particular buyer is not going to pay anymore. Like. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it, I even couple that as well, too, about Logan has a point here. Logan's main point here is not necessarily about the numbers. It's about this is the moment. This is the opportunity. There may not be another one of those. We The window is rapidly closing, not on just this buyer, but on any potential buyers. We have to move now. It's, a, it's like, yeah, theoretically, we could do better, not necessarily with this guy. But the risk of trying to wait for the time to do that is colossal. In comparison to the gain we'd get from trying to push this. Sandy explains that Logan has stopped engaging. He's pawned them off to Carl. Funny line by Roman. He does that. Mm. Shift playing dumb says, oh, so I guess it's like, yeah, board pushes back on price. What's the big deal? Like super casual, right? Like super cash. <laughs> she's not, she's not hiding it well from it, from my perspective here. <laughs> no, but you know, the, the reason that it works is because Kendall and Roman are both so self-centered. They yeah. rarely notice what other people are doing. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless in Roman's, Roman's case, they can mock it. Kendall says they have to weigh that against the risk of blowing everything up. Roman, I think our position might be that we're just done cornholing our dad. So it's immediately personal to him. Sandy, who was remaining very calm and reasonable in this conversation. I gotta say, through the seasons, always thought that Sandy is super capable. Like she's, a, she's one of the rare sure. people where I'm like, oh yeah, she, Stew- she earned her job. Stewie too. Stewie too has usually impressed me in terms of his ability, in terms of his moves and his, way of presenting them yeah so she's saying we just feel like your old man got hot for this can we cool him off stewie says there is more money for all of them if they ask nicely 
It's there. You know it's there. Sandy says her dad wants to vote no. So Sandy, she's talking on behalf of her dad who had that stroke and is, is in health and, problems. And pointedly hates Logan. Yeah. So, uh, Furness was something Furness. Yeah. Um, the, the, she says they just Possibly need, syphilis. They just need the kids and then they have enough to force Logan back to the negotiating table. Shiv says they'll think about it, Roman. So it's either we all vote yes tomorrow, make billions of dollars, or we sign up for your cool shit and dad disinherits us entirely. We'll think about it. Goodbye. Fair summary. Ken says by two. They walk off as Shiv says, we'll keep working. We'll keep working on it. Very, very bizarre conversation here with Willa. 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 I'm giving credit to Shiv. This is her first moment of what is a longer plan. And as you said, by the end, she does get her way with respect to this. She's not. She is a dog with a bone when she is determined she wants to bring something about and she's going to make it happen. This, this, the fact it didn't work here in no way dissuades her. Yeah, and it's actually well written because it's like pretty high political operatives kind of operate like this. Like it's a lot of like, like weirdly enough, like a lot of their job is just walking around with a cell phone saying you're fucking going to vote for this. And if you don't fucking vote for this, you're never going to get a dime for this committee ever again. And I like that. And they just call it, keep calling it, keep calling it, keep doing it. Keep yeah. it. And, it, and then eventually it all sort of starts to come together. And that's like, you can kind of see, like, maybe that's how she operated in politics. That she just oh. kind of had a plan. Like, Oh, we're going to get so-and-so to do X, Y, Z for me. And I'm just going to call every fucking person who knows them and just make it happen. And in this case, she only needs two. Yeah. So strange, very, very strange conversation here with, with, I thought it was Willa. I, I actually have heard characters in the show say both, so I'm never, I'm never sure. We're treading on really thin ground here because a lot of our fans are not pleased with us for mispronouncing the names of characters on shows. We get a lot of shit from a lot of different people across the podcast about screwing up names on shows. I heard Willa in this. I did distinctly hear Willa said at one point in this. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with Willa. Go with Willa. If it's wrong, by all means, bombard us. Write in. Tell us how stupid we are. So... Uh, she says she's being so she's saying <laughs> everything's fine everything's fine everything's fine <laughs> she looks like she's about to crack how, what, i mean how many drinks has she also had by this point too yeah uh, two three uh, I'm, I'm aiming a little bit higher than that she's, oh she, really she, 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 she seems more than a little bit she seems not only just at the edge of her nerves but more than a little bit toasted yeah I'd say. I mean, I, I got I got married to somebody I really wanted to get married to, so I was pretty excited on my the night before the wedding. I can't imagine if you were you were facing that down the barrel that down the barrel of that gun and you actually didn't want to do it. That is pretty stressful. Oh, but marrying Connor with bum fights tomorrow that puts you off a little bit. Do you think he got the bum fights through? He said he was going to get the bum fights. I will be disappointed if there are not bum fights at this point. He's got to keep that one percent. It's pretty important to stay in the conversation. Bum fights below the Statue of Liberty. It's what they need. We all know a conversation is what you want to stay inside of. So she's being strange. Roman is talking with her. At one point, she says she's not vital for the rehearsal. And Roman kind of says she is. Just a tad. Just a bit. Bride, you know. Kendall's, Kendall, again, is another example of new Kendall. I'm going to call him season four Kendall. Who seems to pick up on things with people a little faster than he used to. He picks up something wrong with Willa. He's noticing it. He's kind of given this inquisitive look, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Willa says she needs to go. Have a think. She's in a bit of a fuzz. Everything feels very vivid today, doesn't it? Vivid, yes. You know what? If I didn't know any better, I would have thought that like she'd had an edible. The edible's starting to kick in. 
And she's on that ramp up on the roller coaster where she doesn't know how high it's going to go. And she's like, I got to get away from people. Like that happens with an edible where you're like, I, I don't know exactly how far this is going to go. That's kind of what it feels like. I think that's kind of a very accurate summary of where her relationship with Connor is going. For now, she's at the top of the roller coaster. And it's looking like it's nothing but down from here. <laughs> so she says this line, which is exactly what you want to hear from your bride to be on the night before your wedding. You can't be jumping for joy the whole time, right? Night before, folks. Night before. I mean, think about the... We have had examples of what not to do. Night before, Willa says, you can't be jumping for joy the whole time. Night of, you have Shiv telling Tom, I just don't think I was meant to be in a monogamous relationship. <laughs> rough road. <laughs> rough road of marriages on this ship. So she takes off. The kids are left there. Roman says, wow. Shiv says, she also, leaves with a, she also leaves with a herd, too. Yeah, she's got a posse, that's for sure. She's got friends, and I feel like these are friends she's taken with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Roman says, there goes the bride. I have enough cash, I'll take her. Oh, Roman throws out some haymakers in terms of lines. This is sim- I think what this is, is that this is similar to how Roman was treating Kendall at the end of the last season, of where he was trying to make him laugh by being extreme, because that's his way of confronting you know negative situations, is trying to make the guy that's the subject of it laugh about some aspect of it. Because he was talking about, you know, oh, you killed a guy? I did that. I would have done that too. He was late with their food kind of thing, that, that kind of shit. He seems to be doing the same shit with respect to what, uh, Willa and Connor over the course of this. I don't think it lands as well as it did with Kendall last season. Well, no, because he's cut into the heart of the problems with the Willa Connor relationship. Sure. The, the yeah, first thing out of true. his, he, yeah, he cuts right to, she's a prostitute. She's too young for you. She doesn't find you attractive. She wants to fuck other people. Like he cuts to like things that are like a little too true. If he, he wanted to do this, doubt. yeah, if he wanted to do this, he could have maybe, maybe made fun of what she wears or what, mm-hmm. you know, something that's a little less on the nose. Maybe, I don't know. So Roman, after he says that Shiv then says, well, the rehearsal's over. Maybe we can just go and talk. And Roman's like, wait, what? Our, our brother's upstairs. Should we at least say hi? Yeah, his his bride-to-be just left out of here after saying you can't be jumping for joy the whole time. You think maybe we should go hang out with him for a second? What's interesting about this cohort of people is that that, is a, that, that still is a discussion point. It still is like, well, maybe we should. Well, maybe we shouldn't. All right, well, let's just go. Like It, it still is. We can entertain the conversation. But Shiv's trying to understand the conversation. It seems like both Roman and Kendall are like, no, we're here. Our brother's upstairs. We're going. Yeah, but I, you're right. But they, they, it wasn't shut down quite as fast as maybe like in some areas. Um, sure. It's, it's, a, the, it's the Roy's we're talking about. Yeah, it was, it was entertained a little bit more than I was personally comfortable with. I will say this, though. I've always been impressed with you as a, as a con head. You've always really respected Connor. You've stuck up for Connor. I have a question yeah. for you. When yeah. they got upstairs and they, sh- they have that shot of alone at the table, big table. Connor's alone, dressed to the nines, alone, sipping a glass of wine. God, I got you, didn't it? Pretty much straight up almost every scene with Connor for the rest of this episode kind of got me. I mean, like he's a ludicrous character. He is utterly delusional. He has got some serious kinds of all kinds of problems and lack of perspective. I felt very bad for him for almost all of the rest of this episode in terms of what we're seeing on the screen. It The show is powerful in terms of its ability to make me care about, you know, deeply flawed or even outright despicable people. Connor is more pathetic than I think despicable, in fairness, but 
I'm bleeding for him by the time this episode is done. He's got sad eyes, I'll tell you that. You know, what, the, it's also the, that that posse that just left. All of them were sitting around that table, right? Oh yeah. So they all moved in a herd in terms of leaving at the same time. But that 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 shot of the big table as they walk up the stairs, yeah. And what got me is how he was just—he was there. He—he he did his part. He was there. He was dressed to the nines. He had That's done. And everybody was gone, and the kids were late. It was, oh, God, it's tough. Anyway, Connor immediately references they're late. Shiv says that dad screwed them. Yeah, that's right. Punt the football. It's dad's mm. fault. Connor calls them the Rebel Alliance. Ask how it is out there in the hills. If the supply lines are low, if they have enough to eat. Connor says this, which is that gets your, your concept about him being delusional. He says, this is how it is, huh? The battle royale. Me and dad on one side, you guys on the other. Fighting the good fight, Connor, aren't you? I don't think he's – he's not even a voting member on the board. Like I don't think he's on one side with Logan, obviously. Oh, he's got shares and he yeah. does serve as an informant for Logan throughout all of this in a very important way. So I'm not he saying he's powerless. He is in the, either in Logan's camp or pointedly in the camp of making this deal happen because he needs the money. Not my point. My point is that if he is in Logan's camp – it's still just Logan's camp. It's not yes. me and dad. It's, he, uh, it's Logan. He's not a, a co-lieutenant making this army happen. Uh, private? Maybe? Yeah. He's, Maybe? He's, he is not an officer in, the, in this king's army. Roman says, are you okay? We bumped into Willa. Connor then says heartbreakingly that I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine. <laughs> she stood up to do her speech and she said, I can't do this. And then she went to the bathroom for 40 minutes with her so-called friends. Now, the so-called friends line, I'll tell He's you this. Hurt. He's hurting. Well, I'll tell you this. I We talked about this podcast before. You found somebody you liked. You stuck with them. You didn't do the whole, like, I'm going to date a million people in my 20s. I dated a lot of people in my 20s. I have dated people that were – I was really out kicking my coverage. Like, I was, like, just happy to be in the room kind of deal. Mm-hmm. And when – that's the that's the dynamic, and the person really doesn't like you that much, but you're just hanging on. Their yeah. friends pick up on it, and their friends don't like you because they're like, oh, this person really doesn't want to be with them anyway. It's not a healthy relationship, blah, 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 blah. And the resentment to the friends happens right away. This was super realistic that, like, Connor – that Willow would not be going to her friends and saying, oh, I love Connor. He's so great. She's not saying that. So her friends don't Nothing like Connor, it. and he looks at them as the fucking enemies, right? Yeah. It, it makes it, perfect it, sense. How how the friends treat you is the ultimate barometer of how, how your relationship's doing because they're reflecting what this what your significant other has told them. Yeah, that's right. And and as established on previous podcasts on the Mangum Talks Podcast Network, you break up with one of my friends, I will not be your friend afterwards. I'm going after regardless you. of circumstances. Shiv with a down. bone. Oh, that's what I am. I'll, I'll be shiv with a grievance. Is what I'll be. Uh, <laughs> if you want to go find what, what Willow, she's somewhere in town, maybe at a dry cleaners. Go talk so, to her. Yeah, so she says, um, when he says this, Connor says, <laughs> Connor says this. Roman. Roman says, just toss her another 10 grand or a snowmobile and some teeth whitening vouchers. Now, did you notice that when it, this line hit, that Sarah Snook, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the actress. Yeah. Sarah was breaking a little bit. She was corpsing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, she was, I think she was, I don't think she was supposed to laugh in that scene, but she was laughing. And I, I, we know that Kieran Culkin is given free range to do some, ad-libbing for the character i'm gonna guess that snowmobile and some teeth whitening vouchers was an ad-lib i'm just just my guess and this is the lightest he goes he only gets worse from here it's just like roman i think i know what you're doing because i have seen you do this before with respect to kindle 
it's not working if you're trying to help. I don't even know by the end whether you're trying to help anymore or just amuse yourself. I thought you were trying to help, but man, does it go so far from here. Yeah. Shiv says, I'm sorry that dad fucked us and I'm sorry that we're late, but we do need to decide fast. So Kindle says they know. Uh, Shiv keeps trying to push it. Harping right? on it. Harping on it. Because he's like, we do know. We do know. We don't We don't need to decide anything. She's like, ah, do we, do we? Roman disparages Sandy and Stewie and says it's a packet of horse shit. Shiv says she wants to talk it through. Kendall says he wants to rise above it. Shiv says maybe dad isn't like he used to be. Maybe he underplayed his hand and the board. They're all, you know, they're all fucking Japanese cats just waving it through. <laughs> You've seen those little Japanese waving cats, right? Yeah. Connor hit, comes back. Shiv hits this twice and it... it We'll focus on it the second time it comes up because I think it's a little bit clear about what about where she's coming from on this. But she needs to believe this is true, that her dad is not God. She needs to believe this. Whether she does or not, she needs to. Connor comes back and asks about karaoke. Roman says, or is it possible we do any other thing in the entire <laughs> human universe? When was the last time you did karaoke, sir? Go yeah, I was going to ask karaoke. you this question. So, I never have been. Never once. You've never been? I've never been to karaoke friends. Closest was I could invite friends to my Xbox to play rock band, which is basically karaoke. I'll be goddamn. No, we're not going no, to a bachelor no, party next no, week. No, Hell yeah. No. Yes. No. yes. I'm, sing- I'm singing Leonard, Co- Leonard Cohen's famous blue raincoat then. I'm doing that. That's fine. You sing whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> Kill the room. I, uh, so I, here's the, I have the, here's my relationship with karaoke is that like the first few times I went, I kind of had the same opinion that you're kind of espousing here, which is like, ah, I don't want to do that. It's embarrassing. It seems lame, et cetera. And then a friend of mine, a friend of, when I lived in DC for a while, this woman I used to know up there, uh, she told me if you can just not take yourself seriously, karaoke would be the, the most fun thing sure. to do. And I was a little bit of alcohol involved. I was able to not take myself seriously a few times doing it. And it is a fucking blast if you just don't worry about anything. And so now I'm a big proponent of karaoke, but I do have to like kind of like get into the mindset of it doesn't matter. Like I'm here to have fun. It doesn't like I don't give a fuck if people like think I'm bad or whatever. Like I'm here to have fun with my friends. I'm just going to do it without self-conscious. And then it becomes a lot of fun. I think I could do it if there was like in a private room the way they get there at the end. Because I'm willing to be a fool to my friends. I'm not as willing to be a fool to the room. So the way that it would probably work with you, right, is we would probably start in a private room. And get, get, get me sufficiently drunk that I'm now singing Piano Man. Well, and then you'd – you we would – I'd probably – be a soft entry into karaoke. Like I would do it and then for the sing us a song, it's the Piano Man chorus, I'd just come – you'd come on, not even in the microphone. Just stand there and sing it along and then mm-hmm. we'd sort of work in. I think that's how you do it. But it is a lot of fun if you can just drop taking yourself so seriously. If you can okay. just not take yourself so seriously, you'll have a lot of fun. I think. At least I do. We, uh, apparently, we will find out. <laughs> Poor Connor. He just wants to go karaoke. That's mm-hmm. it. Connor says, while is partying, why can't he? Spencer. Um, Roman says, how about going for a drink? Potus Scrotus. What does that mean? I- I'm guessing that's a reference in some aspect to the fact that he's running for office. I don't know. What well, the yeah, of course. Scrotus. Potus. I don't, I don't know Scrotus, though. <laughs> I, I don't know what the addition of Scrotus adds to. The, I don't know. Just yeah. I, Maybe he's just working the rhyme. 
Yeah, sometimes like I can do forensics on the Roman joke and figure it out. Couldn't figure this one out. Shiv starts to beg off. Connor calls her on it, and Kendall immediately says, "Yeah, we can do it." It's another moment. Yeah, Shiv is begging off. Roman doesn't want to do it. Kendall comes in hard and says, "Yep, we'll do it. Let's go." Mm-hmm. Now this okay. isn't. The, by the way, they're right now. They're not agreeing to the karaoke to start with. Right now, they're agreeing to go to a drink. Average American bar, just where normal human beings go. Now, it's funny to me that Roman made the same joke about Carrie early in the episode. I will pretend to be normal human now. That's what the kids are doing with this. Like, I will. I guess we'll go to a bar that, like, I don't know, like normal people go but to. It's also – I think it's notable how Connor describes this bar. Did you write down how he describes the bar that he wants to go to or the kind of bar? Yeah, I, I absolutely did. He says he wants to go to a place where there's chicks and guys who work with their hands and grease and sweat from their hands and blood in their hair. <laughs> to which Roman responds, I don't like these guys. They sound like a medical experiment gone wrong. It's like it's what you just said. They, and it becomes all the clearer when they actually make it to the place. They are unwilling to, from their perspective, lower themselves to the common human to go to such a place. Except Kindle. I enjoyed uh, Sarah Snook's uh, facial expressions during this episode, especially here where Connor says a real bar with chicks and mm-hmm. she's in screen and she just goes huh? like her, yeah, her yeah. face like turns. And then he says, and guys who work with hands in grease, and then she just gets more and more confused. Yeah. And it's just a really funny transition in her face. She just had, mm-hmm. me, had me rolling. Cut to um, Gregory. Mm-hmm. Saying, uh, he said it was a big fucking problem. Logan comes in. Should we hide the, the knives? Why the fuck are we ordering all these pizzas? My God, too many fucking pizzas. Too many pizzas, Spencer. Seems like too many pizzas. I mean, they're ordering fresh pizza while they still got pizza. I gotta agree. Overpaying on the pizza. Logan says he doesn't understand. Just throw it in the microwave. Greg yeah. says, well, there is a SOG factor. Fuck off, Greg. Couldn't eat. He, he's in a bad mood. He can't listen to Greg's babbling. Like I, I'm no, starting right to be – I've always thought that – especially – definitely more than the kids, but more than a lot of people around him, I could have dealt with Logan. Like he's in a bad mood. Now is not the time to talk to him about the benefits of fresh pizza versus pizza that's two hours old. Come on, Greg. You know better than this. Greg knows better than this? Well, he should. Anyway, <laughs> he says – he gives him the fuck off, the Roy family words. He leaves. Logan's side, and, and it, it's the little things in the show. When Greg gets dismissed, he starts to walk out and he does the look behind, like, is he going to call me back? Is he going to mm-hmm. ask me to come back? And then he, he sees that he does it and then he just kind of like just dejectedly off. walks off. Anyway, he says, it's not the pizza. It's Carrie. I've been thinking about Carrie. Uh, uh, again, this ties in, that ties into my theory of where he's disappointed that nobody's got what he wants him to do yet. So he's, he's given him another opportunity to be like, okay, first time didn't work. Maybe if I focus in again, somebody else will admit she's terrible. You know, I think you gotta. I think you're onto something here. I really do. Now, question for you. I'm gonna ask it now because the rest of the episode, I feel like I'm starting to get a little bit of evidence. How you feeling about the Carrie? Is it lover? Carrie is child from a from a mistress. I'm, I'm still going very much Carrie's the lover. I'm not okay. Seen, I'm, I'm not. I'm not seeing anything more in my mind to add to the idea of. Spawn from a different source. Okay. Well, I, I I think there's a small bit of evidence in the episode. I will point to it. Uh, and get hit to it when we get there, please. I'd love to see it. Yeah. So Tom says, "Well, um, uh, yeah, she's she's great. She's she's really great." 
God damn it, Spencer, I think you're right. Because then Logan goes, well, but is she a finished article? He's prompting him. He just wants yeah, somebody else to I think you're right. so that he can immediately pass it off on them to fix it. And he sh- he says, well, finished article, no. But you would expect Tom, her to be. Because Tom finally reads it. He finally reads what Logan wants him to say. And Logan goes, no, 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 no of course not. And then he says, well, maybe a little time. And then he looks at him and goes, maybe quite a bit of time. And Logan mm, goes, interesting, mm, yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Tom says she's raw and that, you know, she's starting out on the radar. She's got a lot to learn. And it could be damaging to put talent out there too early. Logan very smart, smart, well, smart. John, look at the conclusion you finally gotten to when I led you by the nose. Yeah, okay, no problem. Logan says, I'm not involved. I'm not involved. I think this I'm not involved thing is for Carrie. It's not for anybody else. No. Because he keeps saying, like, I'm not involved for ethical reasons. I don't think Bullshit. he, he clearly a, doesn't give a fuck about nepotism. That's He runs on nepotism. Yeah, this is Logan being a coward. This is Logan just not wanting to get, you know, get to have a fight with his girlfriend. This, or daughter. Or he doesn't want to have a fight with Carrie, regardless of their relationship and role. He's not willing to have that element of confrontation. In no small part, just because of how dependent he seems with respect to her as well. And then, yeah, Logan says, I'm not involved. Nowhere near this. I know nothing. That's for Carrie. That is absolutely for Carrie. 100% Carrie. This is, so, not, this, is, this is not him maintaining, you know, business discipline rules. He doesn't believe in those. This, this is, is just, he doesn't want to confront Carrie. I think you're absolutely right. And so we cut to a scene, and this is exactly what Spencer will look and sound like when we walk into a bar on oh, Bourbon Street in a week and a half. Come on. Oh, there I've missed you. When I order a Belgian beer, I don't order it in the original language. Roman wants a vodka soda. He asks if they can make that. Kindle, this, this really made me laugh, just flatly goes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Roman's mocking. Shiv immediately goes on the same thing about, do, do I dare? Or do I dare? And then she goes, absolutely from, no. no absolutely not from not. that nozzle or whatever else. Yeah. Yeah, she wants a club soda with a uh, lid on it. Yeah, they're just, they're just fronting. They're just mocking the place that Connor wanted to go to. Meanwhile, at the exact same moment, Kendall just goes over and orders a drink. Well, right. because, that's because Kendall's a drug addict. And Kendall is an alcoholic. And Kendall has spent a lot of time in places like this. He's comfortable. But, this is the weird thing. Well, Kendall is the more the man of the people because he is because he abuses various substances. Yes, this is given his is given the connection to the outside world. But where was he in? Was it season one or season two where Roman has to go get him from just a random house where he's doing drugs? Uh, not just any drugs. He was doing methamphetamine and uh, he was doing meth. that's right. <laughs> he yes. was doing meth in a trailer park. Yeah, it was it was a, it was a good look. Yeah, he uh very comfortable here, much more comfortable than anybody else in the group. And this he doesn't, he, and he doesn't seem to really like the jokes either because when Roman's yeah. like, can they make a vodka soda? He just goes, yes. Yes. I, <laughs> I think it ties into what you're saying of where Connor wanted to go here and Kendall's the only one who's trying to make that work. Yeah. And Kendall like, even, Kendall even proposes while you look at your dot, while you look at your, your find my phone dot of her, mm-hmm. why don't we put it on the big screen? We'll put it up on the big screen. We'll all watch it together. Like, I mean, yeah, he's, he's, like, he's brainstorming things. I'm here yeah. for you for it. Brainstorming things to do, right? The I beer, this is exactly Spencer's beer order too. Uh, Belgian Weiss beer, no, not whole garden, ideally. It, it, I think it just literally, he's just, he's just asking for a Belgian wheat beer. He's just doing so in the more, do, in the, one of the more douchey ways he can. And not it's the, like not the, it, not the it, brand it, everybody knows, whole garden, right? It's a different, it, he wants a different one. Again, it, it's not that much of an elitist of an order. He's just doing it in an elitist way. It's pretty elitist. Shiv, you, you, can, you can get a lot of Belgian beers out there nowadays. Yeah. 
See, this it, is this it, is why it, Spencer's going to walk in the bar at Bourbon Street I'm, and say hello, America. It's good to pretty, see you again. I'm pretty sure he uses the German <laughs> word rather than the Belgian word, though, which would just be funny if he actually gets it wrong in terms of he, saying it. He does say Weisbier. Uh Shiv sees on her phone that there's a leak about what the Waystar price might be. Sandy shared it with her. Kendall puts his order in. I think he's actually getting himself a bitters and soda. I'd like to go back on something I said. I, Kendall has been. Kendall said, "Hey, we closed the deal with PGN. It should be. We should get some champagne, right?" So I thought. Kindle's California sober, or I, I don't know. Actually, kind of sober. But here he orders himself a ostensibly non-alcoholic drink. Bitters does have some alcohol in it, but he, you know, he's it, it, riding it goes, close to the sun. It's clearly going mild. At best. Yeah, yeah. Bitters and soda is what he's he's putting in for himself here, and that, you know, he does it, and not in a big showy way either. He's not like you know, because like no. sometimes you get that with sober people too, where they're like, "I'll take the iced tea." You know, and I was like, like, uh, look at me. I'm, I am, I'm yeah, sacrificing please. for the group. Ba- bask in my wonder. I'm above you all. He just very silently goes, I'll just take the bitters and stuff. He's not trying to make this about him. It's about Connor. Connor wanted to be here. I'm here for Connor. This is what we're doing. Okay. Again, big conhead that you are. How do you feel about the fact he's got the find my phone activated not on great. Willis phone? Not great. Not great. You don't like that? Not, I mean, again, there's a lot of this. Connor, I think it sometimes gets too good of a read just because he's outside of the circle. And we don't see him as much, and he's not as sniping as all the rest of them are. That's not great, <laughs> you know, in terms of just like a relationship kind of little factor right there. Because he goes, I think it's factory setting. The show's like, it no, is not. It is not. That is not how that works, Connor. Yeah. Do you think that Willa knows that's activated no. on her phone? No, I don't. I don't. I think he got her that phone, and he activated that setting. Well, Roman has an idea about where she might be. Uh, what, where's Roman's suggestion? Do you right have there? it written down? I am getting there, but if you got it first, go on ahead. Sure, on another man's dick, on a much bigger, <laughs> nicer, harder, younger dick. Is all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Really. All right, I wrote that down word for word. But thank you for saying it. Connor asked Roman if he could just not be himself for a while because he I'm feeling some kind of way right now. Could you just not be yourself? Connor says, "I want to have a good time." Kendall says, "They can monitor the dot together. Put it on the big screen." Connor says. Her dot stopped at an aquarium supply retailer. Is that a drug thing? Kindle, again, very flat, just goes, no. He goes, you sure? He goes, I am. (laughs) A, I'm going to say something that makes you feel better. B, I would know. Yeah, no, it's not. Roman says, yeah, it's a drug thing for sure. Kindle, Kindle gets a phone call, takes off. Connor points out that now Willa is at a dry cleaners. And then, then now you're going to have to say this. this You got to do this one. Ah, well, she's probably getting her panties clean. Must him up a bit. That's really tough. Connor, what's wrong with you? Drink, uh, I'm not saying it's your cum. Your cum, I'm sure it's very washable, okay? Connor's <laughs> just like begging him to stop. Like, would you not? Just, please, uh, anything else, please. It's like I've lived with you for decades now, but at this moment, please, just constrain a little bit of you. But Roman be Roman. And what's so interesting about Roman is that like, Roman, multiple times this episode, makes it clear to Shiv and everybody else. Like, we need to be around Connor. He's having a bad night. Like, it's got to be brothers, sisters here. Like, we should stay around him. And then when he gets around him, he does this shit. Like, it, it's just a double-edged sword with him. Well, I mean, I, I, he's legitimately trying to do a brother thing of where he he's concerned about Connor. He wants to spend time with Connor. He's the one that was pushing them going up the stairs in the first place. But he doesn't know how to interact with his siblings anyway but this. This is what he does. Particularly how to interact with Connor. Because this is always just how he interacts with Connor. It's just he's not able to constrain it or modify it based on the circumstances. Again, maybe, again, he's trying to do what he did with Kendall. 
But if so, it's Connor. It doesn't work on Connor. Stop it. Kendall goes outside and guess who is FaceTiming him? It's Lucas Madsen. He asks Kendall if he sleeps good. Spencer, Spencer, do you sleep? You sleep well? Not particularly, no. Yeah, me neither. Never trust a guy who sleeps well. Absolutely not. Tell me about it. One eye open, brother. And basically, Madsen is calling to complain that if they go up on price at all, any bit, if you open that fucking can of worms, I'm walking. This idea of him needing the price to be higher is really angry, Madsen. He doesn't like that idea that they might want the price to be higher. Ruffling his feathers. Trust him. Really. Spencer, he really will, okay? Really. This is the fun scene of where I really will. We get this conversation. Kendall just kind of noncommittal says, okay, I hear you. And then Kendall acts. His position shifts entirely based on this moment. And I got, and that's I'm, the point I'm making is that Lucas is well, a little too over the top about this. And I don't think Kendall believes him. I think well, he thinks he's scared more than anything. Not but, that he is, he's really drawing a line. I think Kendall reads it as Lucas has to do this deal. And he's terrified that they kind of have him, you know, over a barrel and that they they would be able to jack the price up at will. I think there's three possibilities in my mind. Okay, fire away. I think you hit the first one of where he's just reading he's he's reading weakness in terms of just the hostile push and Matt and Matson, and so he wants to exploit it. Possible. Possible. Possible possibility number two. Somebody just told him not to do and threatened him with it. And it got his got his either pride up, got his dander up, associated associated Matson with his dad, and now he's acting just in response to that. Just that someone Matson is basically aggressively paternally maybe even told him not to do something or option three self-destructive kendall he did read this he did believe madsen and in self-destructive style he's just read another way he can help burn things down and it's just from that position of pain depression whatever else there's almost a desire to fail motivating his actions in a way we've caught sometimes seen before i truly don't know which of the three it might be and i don't think with kendall in particular kendall runs on a certain measure of ambiguity. It's kind of fun to not really be certain which Kindle's talking when it comes to these decisions. I don't know either. I would be surprised if it was three because this is not the version of Kindle we're getting in season four, at least right not right now. We, we have seen that Kindle before, though. We have, yeah, for sure, but there's usually some signs around it. He's usually showing signs of depression or he's abusing substances or he is um, being really pathetic in certain ways. There's usually something else accompanying. He actually seems pretty sturdy these last couple episodes. So I don't think that that's the one, but the first two kind of hard to say if he, uh, you know, the second option basically is that um, like our president would say, like, like Joe Biden would say, get my Irish up. He likes to say that phrase. Got his Irish up. Getting his Irish up, up. Right. It might be that, that, that is possible. I'm still going to go with one, but I agree. I don't really know. And I think it's supposed to be, I think we're not supposed to know. I think that's supposed to be the thought of it. If nothing else, it's a, if it's one, it's a serious hell of a risk they're doing right now. All of not, a sudden, not much gain. Like it's like it's an extra hundred million on the three billion that they're after here. That's no. They don't uh-uh. care though. They, they don't do. care. That they, that is a lot of money for anybody. A hundred million dollars. Not for them, and not also yeah. particularly not for them. They don't care. I think it is a lot of money for them, and I I I don't think this is their motivation. But I do think a hundred million dollars is not a thing to just forget for them. I don't. I, I do believe that. I don't think it's the motivation, and I don't think it's it's driving decision making here, which makes it. If I, I if we if we look at it from that perspective, I can't see that the, I, I have a harder time believing that that's the reason that that uh, Kendall's shifting his position. Cell phone stalker that I am, this is a 
text conversation he's having with Stewie. Stewie had sent him five texts beforehand saying, hey, bro, did you get the comparables? Hey, are you there? Are you there? Are you there? Mm. And he finally responds and says, hey, send them to me again. So he sends Stewie sends over these comparables in about three seconds. And all of a sudden now Kendall's really interested in the comparables. I think they actually are one to one. Maybe, maybe not, because he had previously indicated he'd seen them and dismissed them. That's what I'm saying. That's what that's that's my joke here. Is that mm-hmm. it's not oh, a okay, joke, okay, okay. but I'm, I'm being sarcastic. That like all of a sudden now he's oh, like yeah, interested in these that like a, that are no different than the ones that he casually dismissed like an hour ago. So it, it's clear that it's just the conversation with Madsen and whatever is motivating him post that. However, it's making him yes. relook at the comparisons. The same thing with Shiv, where Shiv was ready to dismiss the comparables, dismiss this concept that they could go back to the table for more money until her dad yeah. pissed her off, and then she was ready to talk about it. And I think it's the presence of Shiv that's kind of leaning me towards options two or three as well, just just to, just to make just to make it a parallel to what Kendall's doing. If, or if it's a business decision on Kendall's part, it wouldn't be in parallel to what Shiv's doing. And I think it works better from like a storytelling or thematic standpoint if they both have their own reasons to be doing the same thing. Cut to Greg and Tom listening to Carrie's tape, and it is tough. Not great. Not great. Now, Tom though does summarize the situation very well. He's the type of guy you really want writing. You know the real, you know the the abstracts, the beginning of research papers. Oh yeah, the, the initial presentation in terms of what people you know get know they're getting into here. You want Tom writing that? Tom summarizes the situation thusly. This is an incredibly delicate piece of diplomacy. It's like Israel Palestine, except harder and much more important. Now that These line, are the most self-absorbed people on the planet. That line was in Every in the trailer. trailer. Not a million years would I think it was being said for something as small stakes as Carrie's bum audition tape. Like, I, thought, I thought surely it was about it was one deal. It, some deal. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Because even then it's stupid, even if it's about the Waystar deal. Yeah. Even then it's, you know, self-absorbed, self-important, narcissistic, whatever else. The fact it's about just confronting a lady about the fact that her tape sucked. This is now the world. So, Tom great manager that he has delegates this this is a stretch what we call in the business spencer a stretch opportunity oh yeah, yeah, yeah. for our the, guy tom pro- prove himself yeah so he gives him advice though on how to do this he says look tell her you know i know how hard it is being a cousin in the family you know i Things get muddled. You're good, but not, but, not, but not too good. Make sure Logan is out of it and I'm out of it. And that the focus group has thought. The focus group. Now, I believe in my heart of hearts, Spencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In this moment, Tom made up the focus group. Totally made it up. There is no focus group. Focus group is everybody who's been watching the video. That's the focus yeah. group. Yeah, Hugo, Jerry, there you go. Does she really want to hand it to her with all the resentments and accusations? I think Carrie would say yes. Uh, she's already either... Most likely mistress of Logan or, you know, secret daughter of Logan. Either way, her having the position that she is, is like high nepotism. Everybody already scoffs behind her back anyway. Like all these things are the resentment. All that's already there. Mm-hmm. And then make it seem like it's her idea to cool things off. We good? We good? And Greg I, is stops. I'm not obviously. good. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Greg's not feeling well. And then Tom, great manager that he is, says, well, if she's like, fuck you, Greg, I want to be on TV tomorrow. I'll just come in and clean up the rage. Bullshit. Well, Tom's not even in the fucking hallway when this goes on. I don't know if he's in the building anymore. Yeah, so this is absolutely bullshit. Tom leaves. Greg leans down in his seat, just says, oh, God damn it. (laughs) If if you were Greg, we know how Greg ultimately is going to do this. We're going to see it. How would you have done it? I'll tell you how to have done it. 
Tell I me. would have done. I would have done it. I'd have okay. sat down. I'd have said, "Look, Carrie, I know I'm not the person you want to hear this from, but people are passing the tape around, and they don't like it. They think it's bad. People are talking negatively behind your back about this. I want you to know that. I also want you to know that Tom has told me to tell you we have to cool off the concept of you being on air for a while. Right. Do, um, they, do they want to work? Do, with you? do I, I? 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 I'm sharing this with you because I'm trying to be open with you. Take it for what you want. You can tell me to fuck myself if you want." But that's the situation. I think yeah. she'd respond to that. I think if he'd been direct in some shape or form in that manner, Walls is still providing like a pathway in terms of how it's going to work. I think she it, that would worked a lot better with than any of this namby pamby bullshit that Tom was recommending that they try. Carrie does not seem like a person that tolerates that well, as we see play out. Look, she does take that from Logan that she's very direct. And it's funny because like I think that the only way to do this that would have worked for Carrie is A, not to do it at all, or... B, to be very direct and honest with her, or at least a perception of honesty. But we're using the word direct with Greg. Greg is not direct nope. about an iced tea order. Like, what? he struggles with everything. You know what the best way to have done this was? Logan. Logan doing it. Logan just, just telling her it. That would have been the best way to do this when it solved so many, avoided so many problems potentially later with other people going through and airing this bullshit beforehand. Well, you know, if, again, here... Here's what Logan should have done. He should have said, you want to be what? Okay. Well, I don't think that's a good idea, but go do an audition tape. Tell the, I'll tell the person. To get it to, to just me. Just no me one and else, nobody else. One copy. He would have looked, tape. He'd have looked at it for 10 seconds and said, Carrie, this ain't going to work. You're going to be my assistant from now on. Okay. Are you cool with that? Correct. Cool. I'll give you, like, we'll discuss other opportunities. Yeah. I gave you a half million dollar a year raise, but I, you're not going to be on air because this stinks. Uh, this is just not your wheelhouse. That would have been the right way to do it. Logan doesn't want to, Logan's trying to avoid the conflict and it causes so many other problems. I know. Avoid the conflict and he sends it to Greg. It, avoiding, if your conflict avoidance scenario ends up with Greg handling it, that's like, you know, that is le- that is leaving a corporal to blow up a bridge and catching half your arm on the other side. Napoleon got it wrong. You should avoid that too. Wait a second. I think it's actually ironic. If you're trying to avoid conflict, so you pawn it off Greg's on somebody hands. else and it goes to Greg who absolutely cannot deal with con- I think I think we might have got to that right word right definition of the word I don't know I'm afraid it's to say so, yes it's so fucking hard ironic's a tough word so cut to the kids and they're about to eat uh, Roman describes the restaurant that they're at as Billy Ray Cyrus Kentucky Fried Shit Shack let's be honest this place looks okay. Like, it looks so, uh, totally fine. Are you kidding me? There's no aspect of this place that looks bad from anything they've walked into. They just cannot tolerate the average man experience. And I know that Roman's making fun of the fact there's chicken wings on the menu. It's like, well, of course well, so. It's a fucking bar. And he ponders what mammal they are. Kendall explains that he's just stuck to Stuart and he wants to show them something. So He's now doing the shiv. Now he's doing the thing. Yeah, shiv is... Um, Doing it. Oh, oh, that's a great idea. Oh, wow, that's oh very God, interesting. Yeah. Hi, I can't believe you said that. And as soon as Kendall mentions something, Shiv launches into this thing about how Logan isn't as on as he used to be and how maybe he's being pushed around by Madsen. And, you know, he's definitely being pushed around by Carrie using the tape against him, Logan in the conversation, giving shows to his girlfriend. That's just Connor says she's in the East River. She's in the fucking East River. East River. Now, I'm going to tell you, let's pause for a second. I thought there was. I thought we might you be going somewhere. Chance. I thought we might be going somewhere darker with the, with the fucking plot. <laughs> this is a dark comedy. I don't know if it's that dark. 
I thought she might have just been bridge jumping. I thought we might have been dealing with a really oh. weird situation. But turns Hard out. Hard to get a laugh out of that one. Turns out she's just going to Williamsburg. Shiv asks if they can do a breakout chat for 15, 20 seconds. Connor kind of just nods his head. I don't even think he even really says yes, but they do it anyway. In the world of his phone right now. Uh, Roman's like, we can read Con in. Roman mentions that Connor has shares. If the deal goes sideways, it will affect his money. Connor perks up at that. Roman, Connor, Connor perks up at the concept that the deal could go what? sideways. He doesn't like that at all because he's got so much money tied up in this stupid campaign. Yeah, Hell, he might cash. be. He, he's either got, he's got one, two things happening. He's got a bump fight at his wedding tomorrow, or he's got a hundred million dollars going to a bunch of different media markets to keep his one percent. So one of those two to things happen. Pay off the NYPD for the bump fight is going to cost him money. Ah, a ton! Can you imagine? And the referees and the no, you know. I mean, the, I mean, it's an official sporting event. You got to have the full, the full judges there too. Shiv wants to get us mixed up in some kind of drug deal that will fuck the vote tomorrow. This is Roman's explanation. Shiv says, small delay, small delay, small delay. but we all shit. want the deal. We all want the deal. We all want it. Kendall says he agrees. Looking at the numbers, it's compelling. Same numbers they've had for months, Very by the way. Very compelling, yeah. Connor asks how long a renegotiation will take. Shiv says, more money is more money. That is not an answer to that question. It certainly is not. It's a very distressing answer, actually. Uh, Roman then gets a text, and it's dead. And they all see it because his phone's on the table. It's another thing. Here's the thing, guys. This is Uncle Lee out there to the adults. Mm-hmm. If you're creeping, if you're doing something with your phone you don't want people to know, don't fucking sit it face up on the damn counter. Are you crazy? Also Keep it in your pocket, off, you dummy. Also turn off notifications. It's a feature. Oh, question for you. Do you have read? You don't. I know you don't. You don't have read receipt on because it would hurt people's feelings. But, I, I, I tur- I've turned it off. Yeah. How long ago did you learn to turn it off? How long? No, here's the better question. How long did you have it on before you knew you should have turned it off? Uh, Probably about four months. No. Yeah, it, it was a little while for me too. Maybe a month or two. I finally Googled it. I was like, this is annoying. Like, how do I turn this off? God, it, was a, it, was, it was a little bit of a while, but I'm very happy I've done so. If there's anybody in my life that doesn't need read receipt on, it's you. That, that you will hurt. You will lose friends probably. Like that's tough. You're not a you're not a, a prompt texter. Hey, come on, responding a week after I read it, that's perfectly reasonable, right? Well, you've reset the clock with me because now if I get an answer in a week, I'm like, I'm in with Spencer. He likes me. <laughs> now if I get back to you in like 30 seconds, I'm like, oh my him. god, Spencer, okay? Woo! He's worried about me. He must be worried mm. about me. <laughs> so anyway, they say, let me check your phone, basically. Because Roman explains that he just texted dad on his birthday. And she's like, well, we said we weren't going to talk to him. And he's like, talk to him like ever, ever. Like, of course, you know, Roman's kind of got a point here, but he's just so shitty at explaining things. Yeah. You know, because he could have said, well, I'm not talking about, about, I'm not talking to him about anything substantial, but you're not, you guys at this table are not going to tell me I can't tell my father happy birthday. And that's a fair thing to say. What? As much as Roman says he's not, he's he's, uh, perfectly fine with conflict. The man wilts like a flower in the sun whenever his siblings start to go on him. Yeah, I know. And he actually gives his phone over. And he knows that when they read the text, they're going to see that it's more than one text. Three but he does moments. he does say he wants to see Shiv's phone, too. And he does postulate what might be on Shiv's phone. Spencer, what? do you have the line? I do. Uh, show me your phone. World's biggest WhatsApp group of people sharing pictures of your snatch. <laughs> You're welcome, sir. I'm here for you. Did you see Shiv's face to that? Her, oh God, the, the serious she, face, facial reaction. Wonderful really facial funny. acting that she does for everything. She kind of, it's like 20% offended, 8% like amused. Yeah, at the, I, at the line. I can't laugh at you right now. I can't do it. 
but yeah because he always goes sexual with her what? and she never takes it seriously and she always laughs at it it's it's a really it's actually so, it's, a, it's, so, a, it's a it's a strange dynamic but it is actually kind of funny because roman is a creep he'll say something weird and sexual and then she'll just be laughing sort of above it and like takes it well basically yeah it's, it's notable that he was also that he is effectively calling her out because he was also the one that called her out back in episode one on the subject of her already trying to you know throw other lifelines towards different options in politics uh, when they're still talking about doing the hundred. So he's got to read that hey, if she's accusing me of talking to other people, let's check what she's been up to. The hundred that's the economist meets New Yorker meets <laughs> other buzzwords. Nobel, yes. Nobel peace prize meets Quiznos meets the subway. <laughs> uh, you have me on Quiznos. Give me some Quiznos. I'm in for this. Quiznos. R.I.P. Quiznos. Did you know that I, one of those? I, I, I did. I was actually disappointed. I enjoyed Quiznos back in the day. I liked it too. Every sandwich a hot sandwich. I appreciate that. They Quiznos took a sandwich. they took a stance. They took a stance. It has to be a hot sandwich. No mm-hmm. cold sandwiches at this establishment. So Kendall looks at these texts and he he declares he his judgment is it's a bit warm. It's a bit warm. What's the bit warm? What is the bit warm he's focusing on? Take here? care. Uh, my God, spill your heart out on the screen with lines like that. Roman brainstorms what he could have said instead. Happy birthday. I hope you fall down a flight of stairs. <laughs> Shithead. <laughs> could have gone that route, man. Could have gone that route. What you doing? Shiv and Kendall say, look, we don't really trust you right now. We're struggling with this turn of events. Roman says it's a family guilt trip, European vacation. Yonder Connor says it's been hard on everybody. They literally call it a betrayal. They call yeah. it a betrayal. But th- th- this is straight up. They know both of them are on the same page. And now they're go- Now they know how they can manipulate Roman of where they just start going in on him together, making him feel weak making him feel guilty, do anything about how they've manipulated him always in the past. It's like they're being really mean and really pressuring and really rude to, to, to Roman here because it works for them. It's always worked for them. Blows up in their face a little bit by the end of this episode. Yeah, it does. And I say this, like when people are trying to manipulate people, if they're assholes, which Shiv and Kendall are, but that's not like, like they all are, but yes, everybody in the whole show is an asshole, but particularly here for them. It is, people will do this they'll they'll figure out one they'll try to sniff out one little thing you did wrong and then they will make, make it the it biggest the thing in the world and then say you owe me kind of deal yeah so the best thing you can do like to you defend yourself us. you betrayed us you have to fix this now the best thing you can do to defend yourself when you're trying to be manipulated is to be brutally honest be brutally honest and say if you if you there's some small indiscretion you did say what it is own it own it and then take say the yeah but away. but then but then say I told you about it. Now let's put it in context. Like you mm-hmm. can, you can take the power away from it, but see Roman kind of hit it. So Wait. he kind of loses credibility. You, a lot. You, you either have two options. You take control of it or you walk the hell away. Oh yeah. Well, I, yeah. The, I can do the, that too. Those are your options. Roman never does either. Shiv then says, you know, he advised Tom on the divorce give him, gave him a dad trick. Went and spoke to every pit bull in Manhattan, tied him up. I got mommed. Roman doesn't like that. Roman, his face falls a little bit. He's team Logan pretty much the rest of this episode but that part he goes yeah that does suck i'm sorry he did that to you he does again in terms in terms of like levels of sibling affection i think roman's in number two here from the various ones we see but he's at least appearing in the game in a way that i don't think shiv is roman when they start talking about going up on the price of the madsen deal roman says i don't think madsen will go up in price because i've spoken to him so that there's your reveal is that he's called kindle he's also called roman now it makes sense he would call roman right because him and roman developed kind of a relationship in season three they 
kind of like hangout buddies. They drink beer or whatever together. Makes sense. He went to Roman first, but it, to me, this furthers the, it's, it, it absolutely is one of two things real strong. Mm-hmm. It's either Matson 100% will not go up on price. And he is trying to make sure everybody knows this before they do something stupid or he's or, or he's flailing and he knows that he'll go up however high they want him to go because he has his own shareholders and he has his own accountability structure in place and he has to make the deal work. It's one of those two things. It almost becomes a question. If you believe Kindle's going option one here, who do we trust more in terms of their read of Matson? We have in terms of people that have talked to him, we got Logan, Roman, and Kendall, and two of them think he won't go up. Are they right? Are they wrong? Who's here to say? But at least I, I don't think Roman's making this up or just trying to deflect when he says, I talk with him, I don't think it will. I think he honestly believes that. That's his read on Matson. I am not so sure that Logan believes that Matson won't go up. I don't I just don't think he cares. I think he's just like, this is the deal. This is making it happen. We need to get, get this across the line. I think he's made the risk calculation and he just doesn't want to, he doesn't, he thinks there's a high enough percentage chance that he would walk away that he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to open a can of worms again. He's, he's just made that calculation. I don't think he knows for sure. Uh, 100% agree. Because I'm leaning toward the fact that Matson will go up on price when they push. I think that's what they're setting up here. But I don't think – to your point, I don't think Logan particularly cares. So then Matson – we know that Matson's talking to both Roman and Kendall. Kendall then says, oh, well, if that's what he said – to talk about Matson saying he won't go up on price. If that's what he said, then it must be true. Shiv says this thing. Oh, is it a possibility they could have – could he say a not like a not a like a like a thing that isn't like a, like a lie? God damn, she's she's cutting. He's so mean to Roman. Very funny. Kendall says, "Well, why would he say that?" They have this little buddy cop they buddy cop thing they go into a little Abbott Costello routine. She says, "Well, it's negotiating one hundred and one, Rome." Roman says he thought he meant it. I thought well, he meant it. Okay. You- you left out what I thought was very was very oh, yeah. interestingly Got cutting it. on Shiv's part. Did they not teach you that in management training? Yeah, she did say that. Because yeah. Shiv didn't sit for the management training, but she's going after Roman on the fact that he did with respect to it, which I found interesting. Yeah, Roman says, Shiv says, we know conflict isn't nice. So basically saying, we know you don't like conflict, Roman, which it, it's so interesting that like Roman tries to say, I don't, I don't mind conflict, but in this exact conversation, he's proven he can't handle conflict. Well, he gave his phone over because they were bullying him. And that was also a very pointed barb on Shiv's part because that immediately sets off Roman. It's like, I'm fine with conflict. I'm fine with conflict. What are you saying? moment she hits that, he suddenly is now on board because that's an open wound in terms of Roman where they, they've now troped that about him. That he's just right. conflict avoiding for his decisions. But he's proved it in this conversation that yes. he's conflict voice. Yeah. So uh, the stakes, Shiv explains that we may have overcommitted on Pierce, which I, here's the thing I'd be the most frustrated about with Shiv. It was your idea again. It was her idea because she was still trying to fuck Logan on the other deal she, to take she, Pierce from him. And she swore up and down that they could do 10. 10 was fine. 10's okay. And then now she wants to reframe it to, well, we did overcommit. And it's like, well, you steered me into that ditch. Like you, you put my car in this ditch and then you said, Hey man, why can't you keep it between the lines? She's constantly looking for a new way to escape a ship. That's just, that, that is how Shiv operates. It's just, Oh, I've committed to something. Let me find an exit plan. Yeah. So. I, but also she's hundred percent right. And they all damn well should have done it. And Logan called them out on the fact that they colossally overpaid on Pierce when they have no idea what they're doing. Shiv still plucking away at Roman says, this is about dad's feelings for you. Roman says, dad's feelings. If anyone here, he's pointing left and right. Anyone here has dad feelings. It's holy shit. Poking Satan with a fork. I'm genuine about us three. 
I, Stop I, ganging up on me. Which I believe he is. Stop ganging up on me like you're Lennon and McCarthy and I'm fucking George. I'm, I'm John, motherfuckers. Ringo, Yoko. He's still Connor, but he won having drinks with us at an auction. <laughs> I love that fucking line. That was such a great line. <sighs> Man, that's how many people in, in life have done that? Stop, stop treating me like fucking George. I'm not George. I'm fucking John. I'm Paul. Yeah, everybody. That's a that's a, it's, it's a go to. It's a standard line. Yes. Kendall says going with Sandy and Stewie is the best thing for them to do. It's just a move and a delay in a couple of weeks. That's all. He'll get it. He'll understand. This is just business. He'll get it. Logan will get it. I mean, that always works, right? Logan will get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he always gets it. Yeah, he's he's very amenable to change. You ever, you ever seen the, the movie uh, Steve Jobs with Fassbender? By the way. Yes. Uh, th- that line about the whole comparison between the Beatles is almost word for word in that too. So, you know, it's Aaron Sorkin writing as well. Yeah, I see. Good movie. Uh, I, well, this, this show's not Sorkin. No, it is not, but it's just, it's, it, it's also within his wheelhouse too. So he says, it's, he said, it's just a play. It's just a play, right? Connor gets mad when they all decide that they're good. When finally Roman relents, which he's always going to do in front of them, he'll relent. Uh, and it, <clears throat> Connor gets mad because he's like, wait a second. Now I'm not going to get my money. You fucking assholes, which I am with Connor. I would be yeah, like, God, you guys suck. You just screw me at every fucking turn. It's not for any legitimate reason. It's not for business. It's not to actually make more money. It's just because you hate dad. That That's it. We all know this. Connor definitely knows this. Where were the fucking Roy kids when the WWE was going to be sold to the fucking UFC parent company who was going to put Vince <sighs> McMahon back in charge of the fucking company? I wish we had the Roy kids to stop that shit, to keep Vince McMahon at home on his recliner and not tinkering with my wrestling. This 80 year old, this 80 year old man doesn't forever. understand anything anymore and he's messing with my wrestling. I don't like it. Well, he's going to run it now. So buckle up. Connor says, look, I want to sing one song at karaoke because I've seen it in the movies and nobody ever wants to go. And I wanted to give him a hug in that moment. That was so honest. It was so honest. He, he wants to be normal for a moment. He wants to feel. The I've other seen it in the feel. movies. Seen yeah. it in the movies. That's the closest connection he's ever had. Roman bangs his head on the table. Cut to Greg, who asked to grab Carrie. Oh, maybe I don't even phrase it that way to start. I, I'll tell you this. I'll be honest. I, I mindlessly used to use that phrase. I, I, I don't care. When I, was careful the, with it, I said, Hey, can I, can I, can I grab you for a second? And I remember I said this to, to one woman that I worked with and she just looked at me. She says, don't say that to me. And I was like, ah, and I just wanted to never like, think about it. Yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted to explode like, you know, spontaneously combust, but she taught me a great lesson. I never used it since. Mm-hmm. So Greg hopefully has been taught that lesson now because she fires right back at him and says, yeah, why not? You've already grabbed every other woman in Manhattan. Greg says, I hope I'm not getting above my station here. And then he goes, he launches, he launches into it, right? So she says, I don't think I want to talk about that with you. And this is where Greg could have just said, look, I think you do want to talk about it with me because like, this is is actually picked to have this conversation. Let's keep track of that. Yeah. And I'm actually going to cut it. I'm going to shoot it to you straight. No, like nobody else is shooting it to you straight. Like he could have done this. He doesn't. So he does the Greg thing. Fumbles for his words. Greg cannot. Fumbles, stumbles, bumbles mumbles his way through mm-hmm. this whole thing. And finally she just cuts through it and says, what is it, Greg? And he goes, you just, just are you you're rushing it a bit? Could that long-term actually harm your Carrie wonders if this is Tom not liking her and pondered it off. Greg lies and says, Tom likes you and Shiv and Roman, no Shiv and Kendall, they have an entitlement problem, right? And Carrie says, okay, okay, I, I stopped that. I'm sorry. What did they say in the focus group? Greg mm-hmm. says, well, headline. Great. She's maybe not fully there. And a few criticisms. Such, Such as? as uh, nothing. Minor, 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 you know, arms, 
arms. But not, not very TV. The arms aren't right, you know. The it's arms a, aren't right. right, you know. Yeah, That's it's a, Greg a problem line. when your arms aren't right. You know, it's it's a rough thing. They're a little on TV. Carrie gets serious. The arms aren't right. Greg says, yeah, and that's not a biggie. It's fixable in a few years. A few years. But no, sorry, sorry. On TV, this is on TV. And it can happen that they could they could shoot weird, the cameras. I mean, like, it is a masterclass. And if anybody out there is like either new to management or you've been doing it a while and you still do this, which that would be sad. This is an exact example of how not to get bad feedback. Like, yep. This yep. is the worst. Yep. When you equivocate, when you roll back, when you say a thing and then say, ah, I didn't really mean that. Or, ah, oh, let me, let me, let me try to bookend it with a bunch of positive stuff, like, and muddle the message and not get it across. This is the worst way to give somebody performance feedback. Oh, it's awful. Formal, private, and direct. Best way to go about it. And quick. Anyway, Carrie wants to know more about the focus groups. He describes it as a bunch of grandpas and little twerps and such. She says, can I see it? <laughs> This is the best. Nope. This is the best. The whole thing. Greg says no. She says because he says because it's private. And she says, "What if Logan wants to see it?" And he goes, so, "I'm sorry." Confidential. Confidential. From the CEO. <laughs> yep. A hundred percent. Which you know, Carrie knows it's bullshit. Like I just love the idea that now Greg is so far in this that if Logan came up to him and said, "I want to see the fucking focus group," he'd go, "Sorry, sir, confidential." Because that would be this the best scene ever. <laughs> sir, I have orders. We got to fix the soggy pizza problem before we're going to get to this. Can you imagine Logan tossing him out of a window when he says, "No, it's it's too fucking confidential Fire the for you." Buckle. Carrie just is done with it. She says, "Okay, this focus group isn't real. I'm going to take you apart like a human string cheese." She leaves. Greg thinks he did the job. Hey, hey, he followed Tom's instructions. Did the job. Did the, did the job. job. Did the job. I love Greg's little world because I bet you Greg went out for a drink that night to celebrate having done a good job at work. Yep. Yep. But when you take the girl with the uh, massive bank robber purse. Yeah, probably. He probably meet her up. But the second date situation. Second, second date. date. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Maybe they go to the bathroom at the same time. Things happen. Greg watches for security cameras this time. <laughs> Cuts a Logan in a room and in comes Carrie. Logan says, now Carrie's in it. Carrie's shaken a little bit from the conversation though, because she's not hundred percent on our game game she's here. Uh, Logan says he just heard from Connor. Jerry explains that the kids, Sandy and Stewie have the votes to force them back to the table. And that's when Carrie's just like, what do you want me to call? Like, Bring them out. And he's like, no, no, no slow, slow down, slow down. They got juice. And then he says, yeah, they got juice. Cut to the karaoke bar. I like the respect in that line. It's just Logan acknowledging, yeah, they can fucking torpedo this. I got to take this seriously. I got to go personally. All right. Let's see what they got. And you know, you know this, they have juice. First off, it's because they have the votes. But it's really, I think, because Sandy and Stewie are aligned with them. Like, he knows that Sandy and Stewie are formidable. Like, when they're against him. always are. When they're against him. He's a little worried. And then when they have the votes to, I'll bet he, in his mind, he's thinking about it as Sandy and Stewie versus me. And the kids are just dumb pawns. And I got to yeah. go, I got to go get them back they're, in line. They're the low hanging fruit. They're the ones I can possibly bring away. I just need to get one or two of them out and then I can get this done. But did you, you know, think in your wildest dreams, he was going to go to this karaoke bar? Fucking no. Fucking no. Didn't think, didn't think that at all. Shocked but here we are. So in the karaoke bar, Roman Pokes his head into a uh, to a room and says, "Boohoo, your wedding is doomed." Thank you, Roman. They sit down in the room. What happens now? Well, this is great shift line. Well, someone has to humiliate themselves in the shame house. Connor notices she's gone dark. 
Meanwhile, it's gone dark. So good to know that Shiv and I have similar views on karaoke. Yeah, Shiv doesn't do it. She's never going to do it. God, no. Um, but, but she's not. She's somebody who, like, I don't think. You know, if I was talking to her and I was saying same thing I just told you an hour ago, like, hey, you just have to, like, not take yourself so seriously. I think I'd get the same reaction from Shiv I got from you, which was that you, the people at home didn't see it, but you were just shaking your head violently. Like, no, I can't. I can't do I don't have that gear. Like, Shiv doesn't either. Like, there's no, you know, take it out of serious gear into non-serious I, gear. That is I, not in the car. I will expect you to belt out Desperado by the Eagles before we're done with karaoke. I'll do any, look, I don't care. Like I will tell cause I have found that if I let go of all pretense and just have a good time with it, for the most part, I can make people in the room other people happy. Have time, yes. Other people will have a good time if they see me doing it. All right. So in the karaoke bar, Connor notices that Willa's phone has gone dark. She's not yeah. moving, responding, anything. She thinks immediately she's gone off with some young buck. Kendall, another one of these moments. I'm pointing him out as I see him. Maybe goes, her hey, phone hey, hey, take just it. died. He goes, hey, take it easy, take it easy. Maybe her phone just died. Shiv throws out that Wyla might not be the best fit for Connor. Here's the thing, Uncle Lee out there to the kids. If you are having relationship troubles, the person you don't want to talk to about that is someone currently going through a, break, a breakup. Yeah. Because they will yeah. probably they'll probably be four Burn drinks. It all down. They'll They're be four drinks horrible. in, and they'll tell you, "Fucker." Anyway, who cares, right? Like <laughs> that's kind of what she's doing. To which immediately when she says that, both Connor, both uh, Kendall and uh, Roman immediately go, "No, no, no, no." She's the best you're ever going to have. Don't leave her. No, make now, this work. Getting the, going back to our our president's uh, favorite phrase here, that, that would get my Irish up. Like if I. One of my friends, you guys knew me better than this, to tell me, hey, that's the best you're ever going to do. I'd be like, what the, the fuck, fuck did you just you say? say? <laughs> Who are you talking? I would Your get that. Your exact would, words. That would what that make me so angry if I heard that. But for Connor, he just takes it. He just takes yeah. that in. He takes that advice, right? Kendall pours some champagne for Roman. Notice he doesn't pour anything for himself. Connor says, so dad's on the way. Uh, fuck. What? So they're all wondering what the hell's going on here. Connor explains, hey, I told him. It's the night of a thousand wobbles over here, and he needs to talk to you. Connor needs this deal to happen. He needs the money, and he's sitting his dad on a mission to make it happen. Most heartbreaking part of this episode, I think. He explains that his rationale for ratting the kids out to Logan and telling them where he is to bring Logan over right now is he wants Logan at the wedding. And Logan... At the end of the episode, tells Roman schedules for different events. We'll go do something else. Roman goes, "What about Connor's wedding?" And he just goes, "Man, eh, who's the eh. fuck?" That's tough. That's real hard. Tough. Well, anyway. forgotten that, Ro- that, that Logan is indeed a remarkable villain of this series. Anyway, Kendall, who is the recovered recovered addict who's become a Buddhist now, like the rest of. Uh, everybody who's ever done this because just be my watch just be water my friend just be water and then well, <laughs> what happens well, if I kill a Buddhist do I get reincarnated I, as a fucking Buddhist that would be the punishment yes from Got Roman's it. perspective uh, it's a stereotype for a reason Shiv excels I hope not and then we see Logan show up I like that I, small detail I like that the, the karaoke place is next to a chicken joint because a lot of times these karaoke places are in like little Korea or little Chinatown or something like that mm-hmm and if it's in Little Korea, uh, the chicken shops are so popular there. The fried chicken shops are so popular there. It makes sense it would be next to a chicken shop. Just a little small detail. Mm-hmm. And it might be a small detail because they really filmed it at a place like that. They might have, that might have been like Rented a real, one out. Yeah. Yeah. It might have been like a real business strip, right? 
Um, uh, so would you know the song? Yeah, you know, you know the song that Connor's it, singing. Now. I had never heard it before. I know, I know Leonard Cohen, you know, hallelujah, but, uh, I had not listened to famous blue raincoat before. So after Connor put this on, I wouldn't go listen to it. It is a good song, but it is a depressing ass long song. And Spencer has agreed to do a little bit of the, the karaoke for famous blue raincoat right here on the podcast. I'll just send it over to him now to sing a little bit of the song. You try, sir. You try so very hard to get me to do these things. Not had enough alcohol to make that happen. Afraid not. Logan then calls Roman. It's ringing. Schiff leans over and clicks it. Hey, I was going to let it ring out. Oh, yeah, shit. Didn't think of that. Like, she's, boy, she's in. Schiff is in, you know, like in hockey, you got the enforcer. Mm-hmm. You know, the 40-year-old guy who's not going to score any goals, but is going to put you against the glass. That's what Check Shiv is. for team loyalty, yeah. That's what Shiv is from this, it, to now to the end of the episode, that she is the enforcer. Uh, what does Roman think of Connor singing, by the way? Uh, you know, he, I think he had a had a line or two this, on that. This is Guantan- Guantanamo-level shit. This is his response to this. <laughs> Which is funny because? Because it's torture. Well, they actually did would play heavy metal music. In oh, I forgot about that. For 24 it, hours it, a day over and over Le- again. Leonard Cohen is not heavy metal by any definition. But yes, the music was an aspect of the torture, unfortunately. They play like death metal over and over yeah. again for the people. So they could never Oof. sleep or rest. Yeah. yeah, then Logan actually walks into this fucking place and my head they, explodes. They won't come outside to his car. Because he wanted them to go out to the car, but they didn't respond. So in he goes. With Carrie and Bodyguard. Responding as Connor here, head explode emoji, question mark emoji, question mark emoji, head explode emoji. Very much so, yes. He looks really out of place, but he does walk in and he just sits down and says, hey. Roman just goes, oh, shit. <laughs> Logan asks if they can go somewhere else. He's worried he'll have a seizure. Shiv says, no, we're going to fucking hang out here. Enforcer, putting him mm-hmm. up against the wall. A little stiff with him, right, to start the conversation. Logan says, okay, very well. And he sits down. They Here we go. Here's the Here's the moment. They tell Carrie to leave. They say, this here is family fuck fuck. And Logan nods at Carrie and she stays. He doesn't say, no, 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 you stay. He goes, yeah, it's fine. Family that, fuck that, fuck. That is a way to interpret that. Yes. She's family. Anyway. All right. Roman assumes that he was ignored. He said, oh, or you can just ignore me, which I think would, if they, they were setting this up, that would be a great line because he didn't ignore her. Nobody ignored him. They heard and she stays because she's family. Logan says he wants to get that figured out. He wants to get this figured out. Kendall immediately jumps all over him and says, it might've been a wasted trip for you to come here. Maybe you can give us a quick blast of New York, New York, and just fuck off. I think Brian Cox would deliver an epic New York, New York at karaoke. I think, I think even the Logan character would, right? In, in character Logan. If you could do in character karaoke, is Logan, New, York, New York. Logan just tastes cool and says, I just wanted to say something. Shiv says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Reasons we should vote through the sale. It's no surprises there unless you do it to the tune of the girl from Ipanema comes walking. Yeah. Logan says, it's not that. Aside from this, I guess I, I guess I just wanted you at my party. Now I got to say, Logan nailed it that this was personal and that he had to go. He doesn't have any business leverage. He has to go be personal to get this done. I don't think with starting, I wanted you at my party is a good one because we just have reams and reams of evidence. He doesn't want anybody at his party. He doesn't well, want anybody there. I don't. I think this is truthful. I think. I think this is manipulative as all hell. He's going personal to get this to get them on the situation. But I think the things he actually voices here are accurate. We talked. We talked about a little mm. bit the last episode of where he seemed like he missed his kids. 
he seemed like he actually was missing having them around. With well, the you said that. Thing. You I said did, you, I adhere to that. Yes. You thought that he was missing Roman with the roasting. I'm using the royal we. Fine. Yes. This is the position I'm offering on this. I honestly saw this line as being honest. I, I saw it as this actually being him offering a certain measure of concession of where he's actually like that, that therapy they didn't actually have. Like, like speak an actual opinion that he's going to what is effectively therapy and he's opening with a moment of vulnerability. It's manipulative. He's trying to get them on his side, but it's fun. It's interesting when he says this, the room briefly goes utterly quiet as they process it, shocked by, and then, says, Holy and then shit, they mock it. Holy shit, did dad just say a feeling? He says, I thought it would be nice. Kendall says, it's all coming out now. It's like a telenovela. Connor tries to stop them, says, come on, guys. He's just trying something here. Um, Logan says, look, you knew I wanted Pierce from way back. And when I lost out, that was not a good feeling. Shiv says, yeah, no shit. We practically had to walk back from Albany. Shit. <laughs> Boom, put him up against the wall. But, but Bang. It's another concession. It's another feeling. It's another honest admission of a certain degree of vulnerability here. I agree He's, with this one. I don't agree that he gave a fuck about the party. I, I think he I would think have much rather have had a normal Tuesday and not had a party. I, I think I think if his kids had been there, he would have liked it. But he still had to hate the party. But I still think he wanted his kids to be there. Shiv, who uh, has four different arm pads on as she puts Logan's <laughs> neck right in it, yeah. into the side of the glass, goes, can we just cut the shit Carrie says, this is where I, I really – like this, I'm starting to believe this theory because this is more like I'm part of the family and I'm trying to jump in and help out. This isn't something like a, like a fucking mistress would do. Like she's like, your father wanted to address the personal stuff and not just launch into the business. At one point she says like, let me try to explain what your dad's trying to do here. Like she's more involved in this than – I mean the kids are clearly uncomfortable with it. I think I, – I just think that would be a good explanation for her behavior here. It's possible. It, none of what, what she says works. If anything, I think it hurts. And most times, it for sure. I, I yeah, it, absolutely. It, it would have been significantly better if Logan had sent her out of the room. I would agree with that. Shift says it's not personal. It is business. It's about the money. I Bullshit. would like, like to counterpoint to Shiv, who I have, I enjoyed thoroughly this episode. That I like her a lot. Did as well. She's still full of shit here. It is personal it is not business (laughs) we can argue about whether kendall is at least part business again the various options here shiv is 100 percent personal there is no aspect of business in this in terms of what her decision making is so logan basically says look madsen won't go there on price you're smart to ask about the money but he's not going to go there how about we do this you you let the deal go through i get atn you get pierce fresh start for all of us we can be competitors even and and go through that in the new cycle right it'll make things better He's, paint, he's painting a good scenario here. I mean, he's, he's trying he's, he's trying to market this to them, but you get the cash. You get your own world. You get away from me. Isn't now, this what you always wanted? Now, again, Carrie, who I just don't know why she, she would say know. this other than she thinks she's family. She says, do you know what he's offering? You can separate the personal from the business. You can reset the dynamic okay. of Carrie, the family. Carrie, Carrie. Subtext, subtext. Don't say that loud. Don't say that loud. He already said that. They don't understand that. You don't saying it out loud just makes it mockworthy. Yeah, I mean, it's making me believe the daughter theory more and more because if she was just a mistress, I think Logan would have told her shut the fuck up. Like yeah, you're hit, you're hurting my pitch. Yeah, I think she's so detrimental in what she's saying, and Logan continues to give her rope, like. I also think that if she was just a regular mistress, I think he would have told her her, her fucking tape sucks. I think that like it's 
favorite child. It's the I'm excited she's back in my life thing. I'm building out the theory. It's like Sims. It's like Sims. I've got the I've got the frame of the house and I'm starting to make the yard. Start creating the yard. I, I see I see you doing this. I'm worried about it. I'm I'm thinking it's still drowning in the swimming pool, but we'll see where it goes. Well, I'll certainly drown in the swimming pool next next week if they just show a kiss on camera. I mean, that would really just fuck with it all, right? Um anyway, Shiv this is the part where the kids decide we've had enough of Carrie. Because Shiv says, Oh, super, like we're just gonna be like how like oh Yeah, we're going to be on a summer vacation together and drive down on Route 1 in the RV singing show tunes. Roman looks at her, even Roman, who's on Logan's side basically here, and says, it may be more complicated than that. Like, like you need to be quiet. Question, by the way. You texted yesterday, I think it was, a yes. comment about how brutal they were being to carry. Was this the scene you were watching? This was exactly the moment. This okay. was the moment where Shiv, again, enforcer that she is, shout out to her, says, I guess you're still in the honeymoon period. So getting your own TV show? Carrie looks <sighs> Carrie looks vulnerable here. Yes. Because not only does she not want the kids to know about that, she knows now through talking to Greg that at least some people think it wasn't good. So she's questioning if she was good in this or, or not. And she hasn't a chance to talk with Logan about it either. Now, now it's being aired right, right, all, right with all of them, with Logan's implied agreement from the conversation with Greg. And Roman says, oh, even Roman jumps on this because he's, he's kind of had enough of Carrie too. He says, oh, so you're not going to get your own TV show now. She says, oh, I'm sorry. Is that not happening? Roman, hmm. Shift, has he fucked you on that? Kindle? that'll happen. The fucking. But congrats on losing your betrayal, Cherry. <laughs> When they're going through all this and her, she's She's just mortified. That's when I, I literally had to pause. I was on the treadmill at the gym. Uh, There's a gym, no big deal. And I paused it and I texted you and I was like, I can't deal with this. These kids are so fucking mean because they are when they, when they all three decide to bully somebody, holy shit, they can be mean. Well, it's almost, it's a level of mean about you just jumped above your station. Who the fuck do you think you are? You're just being our conversation. Let's knock you down a peg right now. Pretty much. That's exactly what happened. And it worked because she shut the hell up the rest of the conversation, right? Logan finally says enough. It stops them. He says, look, I thought you'd be interested in an apology. She's like, wait, 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 hold on. What? Uh, We missed that completely. An apology. And Logan says, look, I don't do apologies, but if it means so much to you, then sorry. Roman gets locked in here when he says sorry. I don't know if you noticed that, but he he shifts and changes a little bit. They rightfully call that for what, but... For this character, this isn't the thing he says. He's no. right. He doesn't apologize. This is several moments of him showing at least some measure of vulnerability. Again, you can assign it as being theater. It is. But this is still nothing that they've seen of him before for all these moments. Two of them read it Probably as being not. absolute manipulative bullshit. Two of them are in, are, are much more in or at least receptive to it. I think it's complete theater. Uh, I do. But uh, yeah, I, yeah, it's true. I, I, We're I, getting something different. I think it's true. Here's, here's the fun thing. I think it's true. He's actually voicing honest, honest opinions, but it is still 100% theater manipulation. It's a George Costanza lie. You have to pick the lie you can believe to tell it. George Costanza, as I said, the, 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 Jerry's like, how to, how to, the, the hey, George, lie, George, you're the best, grain of truth. George, you're the best liar I've ever, I've ever met. How do you do it? And he goes, Jerry, you got to believe the lie. Like, that's it. He's got it. He's picking something he can say and believe. Roman's locked in. Connor's listening. Shiv says, there is nothing you could say to me now that I would ever believe. So Shiv has made her position clear. Fuck you, double middle fingers up in the air. She doesn't now, care. There, there, is there anything that he can say here that would actually get either Shiv or particularly Shiv, but also Kendall on his side by the end of the conversation? All he's got to do with Shiv, it's pretty easy with her, I think, is say, I was wrong to fuck you on the divorce attorneys. That was me. Tom's out. 
I don't. I don't. Think, ca- I don't care I don't, what you do, but Tom is out. I don't think. It, I still don't think it would be enough. I still don't think it would be enough. I still think she'd see it as manipulative, and she might be right. Yeah, maybe so. But that's the that's the closest I think you get with her. No, it's too far with Kendall. There is no going back. The Kendall and Logan are never going to be tight again. That 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 ship sailed a long time ago. Because Kendall, by the way, nice to everybody in the episode, pleasant to everyone he comes across. Logan gets in that room and he's a fucking dog. I mean, he's ready to attack. Like he still really has a lot of hatred for Logan. Well, Logan has done a lot of shit to him. Yeah, and he should. And everyone should. else is there here in a second. Logan points out that the push through could cost them $100 million. Chump James says Spencer. Spencer says it's not a big deal. Carrie really? tries to. Is that they don't care. I actually, I, I was wrong before. Carrie does try to jump in again, but Roman doesn't even let her do it and says, what are you actually sorry for dad? Logan says he's sorry for the helicopter for a to start. start. To start. To start. What are you we sorry for, dad? What are you sorry for, dad? And he says, the lo- the helicopter. And she's like, are you fucking kidding me? The helicopter? Oh, well, that, that great. That's the big one. I think we're all done here. Like, <laughs> Spencer, pause. We established on this podcast that you are uh, an expert at human relations and fam- familial relations. God, how do you think, all. how do you think this is going so far? Rate, rate it on a scale of one to 10. For who? Family unity. Oh, Jesus Christ. They, they started in the negative and it's only, it's only, they're multiplying negative. They're, 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 uh, no. Not I guess good. my question with regards to family unity, is it getting better or worse during the conversation? Uh, better for some, worse for others. Okay. Be- it's probably true. It's getting better for Roman, for sure. It's getting better Connor. for Roman. I think it's getting better for Connor, too, interestingly enough, as well. Um, but Shiv and Shiv and Kendall are retreating to their quarter. They're getting farther away. From 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 their perspective, the fact that he's the fact that he's making this effort just proves every negative theory they've ever had. Roman asked if they are actually doing this because seriously, what fucked all this was kind of you with mom in Italy, Dad. Yeah, Logan says, ah, yes, reworking yes. the trust and all that shit. I've had certain thoughts about that. Now I'm going to read this. I hope you can explain it to me. Look, with the best okay. of intentions, I. Uh, I got the structure of the, the holding company, the structure of the, the family trust. There's a there's a lack of clarity. Maybe maybe you got certain impressions. What the fuck is he trying to say here with this? It's like he's fumbling through it. Uh, he's trying to find a way to say I'm sorry I fucked you without saying that. He's trying he's trying to find a way of trying to cover his ass with respect to the fact that yes I completely had the trust rewritten so as to remove an arrow from your quiver. But he here's can't the thing: say that directly. When you're not willing to say the words, I'm sorry, and you're still trying to apologize, you inevitably run afoul of this. You say, I'm sorry you felt that way. I'm sorry you that, think that is what he's thing. saying. And that, for some people who are, you know, a little more astute in these things, will piss them off even more. They'll what? go, wait a second. You're sorry that I think blah, 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 blah. Like that, you can really escalate that way. Again, to make an effective apology, one has to show some measure of actual contrition and humility. Logan can't show those. It's just not in his character. And so any of his apologies are just going to be surfaced because he can't offer that degree of concession and offer that degree of kowtowing that would be necessary to make the apology actually work. Uncle Lee out there to the kids. Or even honesty. When you're apologizing, just say the words, I'm sorry. And if you're not willing to say the words, I'm sorry, don't even start the whole fucking exercise. Don't do the justify yourself halfway. Don't do the fucking human gaslighting thing that that Logan is. Don't say, I'm sorry, you felt a certain way. Like that shit sucks. Um, So Shiv asks if he's having that seizure. Connor says he's trying. Shiv says, is there anything else? Kendall says, come on, dad. What are you sorry for? Ignore Connor his whole life. Bitch strong. Hitting Roman 
when he was a kid. Oh, no. I mean, everybody hit me. I'm fucking annoying. Right. Having Connor's mother locked up. Shiv jumps in. What about advising Tom on my divorce? I mean, that one took effort. That was above and beyond. It's notable there that neither that, that Kendall doesn't say anything that was directed at him. He's focusing on things that were done to other people. And every time he does something with the other person, that person says, can we leave me out of it? it they're retreating to their corners. There's actually two sides of this. It's mm-hmm. Kendall and Roman and Logan and Carrie, because Carrie's now in the family. Uh-huh. And then there is Shiv and and Kendall on the other side. Kendall, Shiv and Kendall, I think, are on their own now. I don't think there's anybody else on there, basically on their side. The, the, rest, the rest of the room is just uncomfortable with this. They just kind of want it to stop. Logan says that Tom asked for advice. I recommended somebody he could speak to. That's the point. I don't know if it's true or not, based on what Tom was saying. We overheard earlier in the episode. I can't. I can't tease it out. What'd I don't. Think? I don't know either. In the moment, I was kind of actually inclined to believe Logan a little bit here, but it's it's not. When you just go back that. and hear Tom's it's not comment, just that. you go back and hear Tom's comment. And he's like, "These are all the names I got from Logan's office," which kind of makes it sound like Logan was like handpicking attorneys for him to. Well, he probably gave him the same five same attorneys that he used with respect to his divorce. They're probably the same law firms and the same attorneys to talk with. Yeah, maybe. Um, he tells her, tries to guilt trip her here, a little man, man, manipulation here. He says, well, you weren't around. If you'd been around, I would have offered you the same advice, but I can't help you if you won't see me. Look, the bottom line is. It's not wrong, but it's manipulative. Every, oh. every, everything with respect to Roman in this conversation, with the Logan in this conversation. But you're right. I think you're, I think you're right about Shiv is that every single thing he says makes her more angry because when yeah. he says, he says that she just gets more angry at the emotional manipulation. He says, look, bottom line is we have some more money, Mets and walks. And then she explodes. She says, you don't know that. You don't know every fucking thing. You're not God. You can't just say things and it fucking be true. Fuck you. This is again, one of the scenes I talked about before of where Shiv, she can't accept the idea of her father is unassailable. She can't tolerate a world of where everyone continues to see him as just being this mythical, always genius figure. Her world can't tolerate that continued image of him still being around there. And so she is just, doesn't matter what it is. He's wrong. He has to be wrong. He needs to be wrong. He needs to be fallible. I need this in terms of my view of the world, that my father is as flawed to the world as I see him. Yeah. And maybe that's why I'm sympathetic with Shiv here. Cause it did. It, I'm going to tell you, I just know my, I know who I am. It doesn't matter who my father was. It does. I could be fucking a Nelson Mandela's kid, <laughs> a fucking Obama's kid, Pope Francis, put, put names in. Mm-hmm. And somebody comes up to me and says, your dad's perfect. Your dad's a thousand feet tall. We're all pygmies. I'd be like, yeah, fuck you. No, he fucking, you know, he, loses his socks like the rest of us or whatever the thing is. Like, I, I just don't like the idea that anybody's perfect. So maybe that's why I'm like sympathizing with Shiv here a little bit that she's pushing back on this idea that like, he can't just say things that it be true. I kind of like that speech. Like you can't, you, you might be right sometimes, but you can't just always, we can't just always assume that you're fucking well, right. It's also factoring into some, some degree of logical justification for her desires to hurt him of where she's grounding that as well in that, He's, we're just, the only reason that everyone's going with him is just they assume he's correct just because of their, you know, his well fostered rumor of genius, his well fostered image of genius. So I think she's trying to undermine that as well to justify the reasons for her emotional actions and just wanting to hurt something that he wants. In the last episode, we talked about how Logan was getting hungry and he was getting more grumpy. I think he's just tired here and he wants to he, leave. It's really much a scene of where he's trying to be tried to connect with them emotionally. It failed. He tried to connect with them logically that, you know, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? What is the business reason for what you're doing? And that's that's getting nowhere. He's just getting exhausted from dealing with people that aren't willing to talk. 
He's getting tired here because he's starting to slip in ways that he wasn't at the beginning of the conversation. Because right here he says, look, I want us to get us all together. What you kids don't realize. If you're trying to extend an olive branch, that's not a good good line to use. He says, this is a good deal. The world likes it. It makes sense. But deals have a habit of disappearing because pricks like Madsen get pissed off or snap. This is fucking real. I think he's telling I me. Mean, I think he's reflecting oh, that's his all honest true, perspective. Sure. Yeah, he's, that's 100% try, true. This is, again, he's trying to engage with them. It's just like, what are you doing? This is the deal. This is the moment. We have to make this work. Why are you doing this? And But they're not willing to have that conversation. Shiv says, can I speak for everybody? I can speak for everybody. Now, Roman stays quiet because he's Roman. What Roman should have said is, no, you don't speak for me because she doesn't. But she says, go ask him for more money. He says, but why? And Kendall... Tag team, tag team situation. Jumped in and says, just good business sense. Make your own pile, right, dad? And she says, I have to trust him. my gut, dad. And using his words against him. And he oh, recognizes it immediately. It's like, Jesus. All the shit from the end of season three they're using. And they're, they're tag teaming lines that he used at the end of season three. So finally, Logan, he'll turn. He's done. He's not playing to the crowd anymore. He's done with us. You're idiots. He says, you're fucking dopes. And when he does that, Roman's head just goes, ooh. Uh, and there we go. But it's cutting. The lines that he offers here are very cutting, and it does seem to actually rattle a little bit of where he says, you're such fucking dopes, you're not serious figures. I love you, but you are not serious people. And then just turns and leaves. And it was interesting. I expect Shiv's response always when someone says something like this is to like laugh at them. It's just like demean them or just like turn, ah, look at that bullshit, whatever else. Shiv looks a little bit rocked here, which is interesting. As you said, Shiv's the attack dog throughout this entire episode. She's going at people. She's got her plan. She's committed. She makes it work. Gets everybody on her side by everybody. And eh, kind of, sort of, maybe. But when her dad just says that and leaves, she even looks like, oh, I don't like that. I don't like him saying that. Outside, Logan's angry and he's snapping and he points out a homeless person and says the kids should get out there. Do like this guy's doing. Some cunt doing the tin cans for his supper. Take a sip of that medicine. And and in that that brief window, you get that little bit of. Um, I earned cog- this. What have they earned? The cognitive dissonance that so many parents deal with, and we've seen it throughout history. Which is, I they will tell you in one breath, I want better for my kids than I ever had. And the next breath, they'll tell you, I resent the fact my kids didn't have to work for what they have and they didn't struggle the way that I struggled. I, it's this cognitive dissonance that every fucking parent, not every parent, but a lot of parents deal with. I resent the silver spoon I placed in their mouths. Carrie's just listening. She knows better to talk. He says, this city, the rats are as fat as skunks. They hardly care to run anymore. I don't know. I don't fucking know. The meeting's off. I need to see Madison. It'll be me, you, Tom, Carl, Frank, but not Jerry, because Jerry sent around your tape. Either Jerry sent her on the tape, or he thinks that Jerry's in Madsen's camp because she's planning for the future because that's what that's the kind of thing Jerry would do. Either of those things are the kind of thing Jerry would do. Maybe Column A, Column B, and I am sure that she absolutely has is cozying up to Madsen. I'm sure of that. Hey, if, if there's anybody in this show that's got a plan for like the next five years or whatever to whatever her point of retirement is, Jerry. Back in the room, Shiv and Kendall joke about fucking dad, and if it was good for them, they're making sexual jokes. Robin's unhappy with this whole thing. Kendall sees that he's unhappy. Tries to address it again. He still trying to do some bit of unification or at least looking out for his other siblings because he goes, Rome, we're just kidding, man. We're just kidding. Connor says he's going home. I'm sure she'll. Here you go. You ready to cry? No, I'm not. I cried the first time. I'm ready for you to cry here. I'm sure she'll be in touch, Con. You know what it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how it is. And he says, Yeah, yeah. Well, 
The good thing about having a family that doesn't love you is you learn to live without it. You're all chasing dad saying, love me, please love me. You're needy love sponges. And I'm a plant that grows on rocks and lives off insects that die inside of me. If Willa doesn't come back, that's fine. I don't need love. It's like a superpower. And if she comes back and doesn't love me, that's okay too. I don't need it. Thanks for the party. I want to hug this weird man. Oh. I really want to hug this weird man. That was a, that was a hell of a dialogue there. That was it, something. Hell of a well-written scene. Hell, hell of a well-acted scene. Kudos. Excellently delivered. Good thing about having a family that doesn't love you is you learn to live without it. Holy smokes. That's like a... How many how many kids from really tough home situations could say that line as they go grow into adults and they have that rough skin and calloused emotions, right? Like mm-hmm. we we see this with people all the time. Parents fought, or parents didn't love each other, didn't love the kids, and they grow up and they say, "You know what? Fuck you! I can ha- I can handle myself because I always had to." You make oh. it, you, you make it armor. Um, it's a hard speak. knock life for I, us, I Annie. Can't, I can't speak for all of those people, but I can say for Connor that. Do I'll, I'll ask you? Do you think he believes this? Yes. You think he believes this about himself? He does. He's wrong. Do you, th- you think it's true? That's the follow up. Yes. I, I, think I think he I think it, believes it. I don't think it's. I don't. I don't think it's actually true for him. I. So I think half of it's true. I think he has had to learn to live without love. He has lived without love. But the the tragic part about Connor is he didn't callous over and get stronger and more independent. He just got more sad and vulnerable. More more sad, vulnerable, and caught up in his own individual individual pursuits to find meaning. He's smart in that he knows when this thing happens, most of the time this other thing happens. When people aren't loved, aren't treated well as kids, with their family, whatever, then they, they, they end up being capable of living independent lives away. They don't need their family anymore. But he's not that guy. Yeah. You're not that guy, pal. Not that guy. Wow. Not that guy. He leaves and – um. Yeah, that's I, th- I think he's one hundred percent right about his siblings, though. Needy little, oh. love, needy little love sponges. They are, except in weird, brief little moments, right? Because I think that Shiv is in this like it's not like the the um, clinical term of manic, but like in, in a sort of behavioral manic way, Shiv has been operating this episode. I don't think she needs her dad's love, right? But that that will end. Like that what? will that, that she's not going to be in this type of I'm just going to destroy everything in my path for the rest of her life. The, the, the fact that she's as angry as she is kind of reflects that that she still cares, reflects that she still needs a certain degree of love. Otherwise, she wouldn't be this at an 11 with respect to it. It's probably true. We get a great succession car scene here with music. Shout out to previous seasons of succession where we get the the. Classical music and some sort of fancy black SUV as these characters are being shepherded around New around York. Around the world. Kendall's smiling. That's that, that it, scene that you pointed out. Yeah, it's so interesting of where we Jeremy don't see Strong. we don't see Roman. We don't see Roman because Roman's off elsewhere. But Shiv looks worried. She looks uncertain. She's looking down at her phone. She's looking at Tom's number on her phone about whether she wants to call him. She doesn't know what she wants to do next. Kendall looks he's got that same little grin he gets on his face when he's high. It's like he's, he's, he's it's almost like he's at a certain little manic stage with respect to the decisions they've not made, which is just interesting in terms of how he's processing what just happened. So here's the thing I'll say: like Kendall's a Kendall's a, an addict. So that thing of like something good happened, and you see that sort of like that same smile. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be that the rest of his life for everything. Like it, it'll be like good dinner, and he'll mm-hmm. have that look. Like he can't. He's not gonna be able to get away from that. So I don't think that necessarily means he's in some sort of like 
spiral or bad situation. I think that he, he can't, he, he that's just the brain he has that when he gets happy, he has that reaction. So I don't think it's because I, because when you were first talking, I was thinking it might be an indication that he was in that self-destructive spiral. That was the option three that you laid out before, but I actually don't, I actually don't think that's it, but I do think he's really happy that they fucked Logan because he's, he, he, he was not, he was not burying the lead. He still fucking hates his dad. And, and he was the one that was also voicing his siblings, his, the crimes committed to his siblings. Not his own crimes. Didn't say a single one of those. But the ones that were done to Roman and Connor, that's the ones he was hitting on. So you said, he's the big brother. He's serving as the defender with respect to that. Like, we commented on a scene back, I think it was like season one or season two, of when uh, Logan smacks Roman. And yep. we talked about, that was the moment when Kendall gets right in his face and says, you don't hit him. You don't do that. It's like he'd done it before. Yep. And he he's, did. He's served this role as being the defender of his siblings against his father in some shape or form for a long time. Yeah. Wouldn't it have been great if during that monologue, Kendall was like, yeah, and you don't love Connor and you sent Connor's wife to mental health facility and you, you helped. Yeah. Mom. And you, you, you helped cover up that kid that I killed that one time, you son of a bitch. Like, if you yeah, uh, give it away the lead on all his stuff. <laughs> uh, 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 start, start there. And then also go into what everybody saw. You also set me up to take the fall for cruises. You motherfucking asshole. Yeah. You wouldn't, you, you know, you made sure I got out of that fucking trailer where I was smoking meth that time. Anyway, you're, you suck. Yeah. Uh, cut to Ghana. <laughs> he gets back and this shocked me. This surprised me. What? Roman was in bed. Oh, will it? Oh, my God. I loved that so much. I didn't I believe so I did hopeful. not think that was going to be there. Because mm-hmm. they even paused for a second before they pan over. Just like to let us linger with him about is she actually there? Is he returning alone? She was. And not only was she there, she said, get in bed. And she grabbed his arm and pulled him over. So she must have processed what she was going. I don't for. think she's at Connor's the love of my life, but I think she is at I'm going to do this tomorrow. It's, it, the next episode's clearly going to go into this, but we debated before to what degree the two of them actually have, well, what degree she actually has affection for Connor. And I think she does have affection for him. I think she cares for him. I don't think she loves him, particularly not that he's the love of her life. But I think just the time they've spent together, if he would stop doing this politics shit, I think they actually could have a certain measure of a happy life together, or at least she could be find a way to be happy in that life. Yeah. I mean, I, I described it on the last episode as she likes that he has some of the emotions that he has. He has kind yes. emotions. He has love, tenderness, caring, compassion, empathy. He has all this stuff. She just doesn't really like that. It's directed at her a lot of the time. because She yeah. doesn't really want to be connected with him. Right. Um, yeah. It's, it's strange. And it, you know, those divorce attorneys that Tom's all hanging up. Yeah. Um, just keep the line open. Just keep the line open. Just keep, keep it. Well, I mean, they I got some new business coming in a couple of years. Question. Do you think Connor has a, has, what, what level of prenup do you think Connor's going to make uh, Willa sign? Do you think he's going to make her sign one? I think he started with one and I think she probably has every bit of every bit of leverage in this conversation and said, I won't marry you. She's probably looking for ways out too. Right. Yes. So she's really excited Set about the, the, the firm line of I, you, you do this and I'm not going to do it. So he probably backed off everything. God. Yeah, probably. Yeah. She's going to make out like a bandit. She'll be divorced from him in two years, living it up in like fucking the <sighs> yeah. What a world. Yeah. Will is going to be just fine. Cut to Logan who is sitting there on his couch or on his recliner. Uh, with Tom on the couch, drinking a glass of scotch, and here comes Roman. Is that Roman Roy's Walk music? 
Hey, looky, looky here, Twin Cities Tessie. I thought I smelled dairy. You know, he's had a hard day. Still bringing it, though. Emotionally exhausted. He can still pull that one out of the, the reservoir. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Logan, did you see Logan smile at the joke, too? He did, yeah. And that actually worked to your theory, which is that he actually really likes that Roman does that comedic sort of stuff. And he, he, was, missing it. he was missing it. And he liked it when he did. came in there and, and popped Tom. Anyway, Roman says that felt just a bit weird. And there's a lot going on. T- Logan, total manipulator here, says, oh, we know what they're like. <laughs> Them, you know, us against the world, my son. Logan says he pushed the board meeting. And he wants Roman to go with him to see Matson tomorrow. I could use your help. Roman says it's the wedding. Khan's wedding. Logan just shrugs. And Roman says, but yeah, feels... Yeah, let's see. Uh, let's see. Logan excuses Tom. Roman sits down. He gives Roman a drink. I think he gives Roman Tom's drink. Did you see that? He does give Roman Tom's drink, I thought. There's a night of the long knives coming. Sid's toast. I'm reinventing ATN. I need a fire breather. A ruthless fuck will do whatever it takes. You're not Pierce. Potential line of the episode. Smart people know what they are. I, I love when Logan just is openly a villain. When you are referring to your own future actions in terms of the Nazis, in terms of Hitler and the SS turning on the SA. There's a night of the long knives coming. What, what do you even say to that? It's like, okay, at least you know you're a villain. Fine. Yeah, yeah. I need a fire breather, a ruthless fuck who will do whatever it takes. Now, we know that you kind of like when Roman, when he was trying to plan his night, and he said, can we just do anything but karaoke? Roman is anything but a ruthless fuck who will do whatever it takes. But whatever. Logan's going with it. He says, I love that line. Smart people know what they are. Roman asks, do you really want me at ATM? And he says, more Romulus, more. I need you. Oh, man. Does he know, know what words to use? You know, Whew. perfect words. After we that's a marathon of a marathon. Hell of a recap. Sir. Of well a recap. We're well finally done. done. All right. Let's get to our segments and we'll wrap this thing up. Let's go to best line of the episode. I have got some nominees as we go through. Um, what do you got? Okay, uh, two from Greg just to start. Uh, he's just moseying, terrifyingly moseying. He's wearing sunglasses inside. It looks like if, if Santa Claus was a hitman and followed up by, okay, he's still just kind of walking around, but with a slight sense that he might kill someone. It's like Jaws, if if everyone in Jaws worked for Jaws. Whew, what a line. Greg, you have a way with words when you're fumbling. Uh, you want me to keep going? Yeah, you keep going. I'll jump in when I have them. I only have a few toward the end. Uh, Logan's, I'm not going to repeat it, but Logan's call to arms. It's a well-delivered speech. Well, fucking pirates! Seems like it works the room well. It also reflects a certain degree of Logan himself seeming to try to find meaning in the decisions that he now has made and kind of been forced to make. I I don't know to what degree he's actually happy with being at ATN again. But he would never admit that it's not his decision and that he's not here to win it. Uh, Kendall... In Buddhism, sometimes your greatest tormentor can also be uh, your, your most perceptive teacher. That's that, that's really wise. Um, hey, Buddha, nice Tom Forts. We've uh, uh, already repeated it word for word. So uh, Connor's speech about what bar they want to go to, and you know, being around people with sweat and blood, and, sweat on their hands and blood in their hair, great. Um, the their little pithy lines about walking to the bar, but uh, hey, do you think they make a vodka tonic? Yes, they do. Uh, house red? Do I dare? Uh, well, no, not not from that nozzle, not from that tainted nozzle. Uh, just a club soda with a sealed lid, which I thought was great too. God, these people are looking down in the world. Uh, Roman's last. Uh, you could do all of Roman's lines to Connor, but the last line about the, going to the dry cleaner to get for uh, Willa to get her panties cleaned was just the most. Just dear Christ, sir, please Ooh, shut up. Duh. I think the meanest thing he said all episode was not when Connor was there. When he said, "I, 
I'll take her. I've got the money. Jesus Christ, yep. Um, it's an incredibly delicate piece of diplomacy, Greg. Okay, it's it's Israel-Palestine, except harder and much more important. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Roman, oh, wings. I wonder what particular creature these snipped these wings from. It's uh, perhaps a mammal. Roman, stop getting up like you're Lennon and McCartney. I'm fucking George. And I'm fucking George. I'm John, motherfucker. Ringo, Yoko, he's still Connor, but he won, won having drinks with us at an auction. Uh, let's see I got one. Please. Uh, Tom, this is an incredibly delicate piece of diplomacy. It's like Israel, Palestine, yeah. except harder and much more important. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, this focus group isn't real. I'm going to take you apart like human string cheese. Uh, Logan, Jesus, you're such fucking dopes. You're not serious figures. I love you, but you are not serious people. And then he repeated it, but, uh, Connor's speech at the end about the only good thing about having a family that doesn't love you is you learn to live without it and everything that follows. Jesus Christ, what a line. Hmm. I shouldn't let you just go. You end up using, using all mine. I got, I had a, I had, most of those I had on my list there. Um, tell, tell me which one wins, sir. Well, best line of the episode. Absolutely best line of the episode, to the extent, no honorable mention this week. This is a standalone winner, and I would like to nominate it for best line of the series, which we will do at the end of the series finale. Damn. You are not serious figures. I love you, but you are not serious people from Logan. Because it it sums the the whole show show up. Absolutely. I love you, but you are not serious people. I agree. They're not. They're try- Some of them are trying to be in their own various ways and flailing about in the process of it. But dear Christ, they are not serious people. All right, Roy of the episode. We usually do a, a Roy winner and a Roy loser. Who is the Roy? Let's start with Roy loser this week. Who is the Roy that lost the most this episode? Connor had a rough road that eventually ended okay. So did we say he lost just because of the road that he walked before he got there? It's hard to say Connor's the big loser because at the end he's in bed with the woman he loves. Yes. It's hard to call him the big loser. uh, I mean, you could say Logan has some difficulties throughout the episode, but even he gets Roman into his camp by the end. That's a hell of a coup. Shiv is, again, winning the moments, but she's suffering throughout all of them and her reasons for doing anything she's doing is from places of pain. And Kendall's so disengaged they can't even read him anymore. So Can I nominate... Greg. <laughs> Fine. Fair. Greg. Actually, no. I got the best one. Loser Roy of the episode is Carrie because she is the sister. She had a really tough episode. True, yes. She had a real tough episode. Tough look because she's been like up until now, like very guarded, very private, very always composed in front of the kids, never showing weakness. And this was a huge vulnerability moment for her where she put the tape got put out there. She wasn't good on it. People were talking about it. She's not used to being in that type of position. Okay. It, it's it, working under the assumption as you offered that she is indeed a member of the family, either by current relations or by blood. She has a shit of an episode. No doubt. Tough one for Carrie. All right. Winner. Roy winner of the episode. Who do you got? They all had a bad run. Like they all yeah. had a bad, but I think I think by the end, I'm going to give Logan the winner just because he. If he you always he does pick Logan. You love Logan, but he succeeds in getting Roman in his camp, which is the only reason he went for. He needed one sibling to come with him. That's it. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Kendall because Kendall 
is season four. He's 4.0 Kendall. He's like being like, like I pointed it out all the way through the recap, like subtly kind of nice to people, like little moments. Like he's like sticking up for people, checking in with people, taking heat maps of people, reassuring people where it's like necessary. And he gets to fuck his dad, which he really likes to do. Um, so we made him happy. So I'm going to give it Kendall. I, I, I think it, it, you're accurate on those points. I just see it as being either driven by revenge or self-destructive, I think, in a more way than you do in terms of what's driving his decision-making. But we don't know yet in terms of how to process yeah. that. Yeah, the, the me giving him Roy of the episode is, is less about him getting one over his dad and more about just he seems more like a human. He's doing better. Yeah, he just seems more like a human than he's ever seemed. Like he's first off, he's not the one they have to worry about through all this. He's not the one that's spiraling out of control. That's like stealing shit from a bodega or out on a fucking cliff or ledge somewhere. He's not the problem. He's the one kind of shepherding people around. Like it's a big win for him. So shout out Kendall. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I'm going to kick back. My job here is done. I am going to learn how to uh, be better in all of my relationships. Go ahead, fire away. Uh, I'm just going to go quick because we're well past time. Um, one what thing, is time, by the way? What is our time? It's an it's an artificial concept that's forced upon us. Uh, flat circle. Uh, oh, we're, we're, if we want to do a true detective late watch, I'm in for it, sir, in a heartbeat. It might be a thing to do in the off season. Okay. Uh, if you are deciding to go out and sing karaoke before your wedding, and the first <laughs> song that comes to your mind <laughs> is Leonard Cohen's famous blue raincoat, if Uh-oh. that's the song that would reflect your emotional state that you want to belt out to the world, it's not good. Maybe question your decisions. Maybe question what has led you to this point because you are in desperate need of help. If this is where you are emotionally at, is that song, which I've now listened to twice, you need to process what's happening with your life. That this is the night before your wedding. Uh, and one last one, hate people on your own time. Hate them on your own time. There is business time, there's what you're trying to accomplish, and then there is the hate you have for particular individuals. If accomplishing your objectives involves bearing, the, you know, keeping that hate away from the situation enough to accomplish it, do so. You can hate them forever afterwards, accomplish your own objectives with, 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 uh, without respect to that. Hate can be forever. Accomplishing your objectives in the now should not be interfered to as a result of that. I bet you, like, you probably, you you probably don't have this problem because you're kind of like a robot. But like, I bet people in your profession, or specifically, like, you know, as a, as you know, you're not going to give yourself credit for it, but as successful as you have been, probably have this pro- trouble. Because I bet you, I bet you run across some opposing attorneys where you're like, that guy's a fucking asshole, and you, and it's probably difficult to peel back. I mean, on a very much lower level, we deal with this uh, with with some of the contract negotiations we do, where like. Some people on my staff will be like just mad at the person what? they're negotiating against. And I'm like, wait, you get you can't be mad at the person. It's easier with professionals. It's easier with people that do this every day um, because I can much more emotionally accept that they're playing a game, that they're just fronting, that they're doing they're doing the usual process of trying to persuade things to the point I'm often just willing to call them out on it. When it's a person negotiating for themselves, it's a lot harder because there's a lot less you could do with that of where they're much more likely to be emotional. They're much more likely to just be driven by a certain measure of grudge or hatred, like particularly God help you if you're like a mediation and a person's representing themselves, they're never going to settle. No, because they hate you. Of course they hate you. They've been in litigation. The The process of litigation is all driven around making people pissed off at each other. If they're not willing to drop that, if they're not willing to focus on what the actual objective is and what they need to accomplish it, if they're still just focused on the emotional feeling that they have, legitimate as it is, but unwilling to get past it, nothing can be accomplished. You're just stuck dealing with the emotional shit 
rather than making any opportunity to actually move forward to what can be a much better scenario once you can necessarily get past it, but get away from it. Yeah, I, it just seems like that would come up a lot. Where it, and that makes sense if you know, if you know somebody's playing a game, you could you can kind of like they can become faceless person, not a real person. They're not a real person anymore. They're just a, a, a strategy. Well, you, um, you can laugh at it because you can see the moves. Yeah, I, I, I've we've dealt with this at a smaller level where you're like, hey, you can't you can't get mad at the person. You're still doing a job. Okay, I think that's it for the episode. Man, what a long one. A lot going on. A lot of dialogue and succession. Thanks everybody for hanging in there. If you're still listening, we're at hour three of this podcast about a one hour podcast one hour television show so that would tell me that you like listening to me and spencer talk if you like listening to me and spencer talk and you haven't had enough after three hours go on over to lasso lowdown that's the podcast feed lasso lowdown spencer and i every tuesday are ah sorry every friday are reviewing ted lasso episode by episode we're going through the third season now which may or may not be the final season we don't know but we do know, we do know absolutely that this is the last season of Succession. We'll be back with you one week from today to re- review episode three. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. <laughs>